Welcome to the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast about vintage toys, transforming robots, and the existential pondering of lost youth. This is episode 12, and today we're talking about the so-called golden years of the Transformers masterpiece line, everything including the original MP1 convoy from 2003, all the way up to MP9 Rodimus in 2011. My name is Sixo, but more on that later, as with me today are my two rather delightful co-hosts. First up, we have our very own vintage masterpiece, whose golden years remain the stuff of legend. Pillows at the ready, folks. It's Maz from Transformers Square One. Ouch! You're right there, Maz. <laughs> you okay? Oh, I guess I will be. Yeah, you'll recover, mate. Don't worry. Secondly, we have a man who doesn't so much collect toys as he does make peer-pressured, rum-fueled 3am eBay purchases. It's the poster boy of the North, Liam from Toybox Soapbox. It's always five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> exactly, mate. Yeah, there's got to be a justification for it. Wow, he got off lightly, didn't he? <laughs> you got off pretty lightly as well. but uh, I just sound like I got off. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's got off. <laughs> I'd say you can always go and lie down if you need to, but God knows what you'll be doing with that pillow, mate. <laughs> Together we are Triple Takeover, and much like the early Masterpiece toys, we may be a bit older now, not quite as in fashion as once we were, and let's not even talk about how out of scale we are with one another, but all of our pistons and gears continue to function, and you may find that there's still a good time to be had if you just pick us up and play with us once in a while. Now, Rigorous as we are about staying on topic, I'm going to throw caution to the wind and risk a bit of casual banter. How are you both doing, chaps? Oh, oh! now the banter starts. Yeah, Liam, exactly. the banter starts now. The banter officially starts right now. I feel like the only thing left was to talk about my paint applications. I think that's about all, all he didn't mention in that <laughs> intro of his. I can talk about your paint applications if you'd like, Matt. He's been crafting that one all week, folks. I've, been, been, I've been working on that one for, that. for a few days, a couple of days, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to so, say. So, Maz, are, are your stickers peeling, Maz? Is that where we're going with this? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> his chrome might be joints. a bit worn. I don't know. But... The joints, mate. It's the joints. I mean, yeah. we've all been exposed to so much sun this week we're starting to suffer from discoloration aren't we i mean it's, certainly it's i am that yeah. hot oh, yeah. speak for yourself well it's it's roasting here i can't even tell you middle of the old heat wave do you know what i mean but uh maz how is it there is it snowing it's snow reached globe, a, isn't he? yeah i've reached a seasonal high of 12 degrees today i think Woof, i don't know how you cope mate honestly it's almost short weather isn't it there it's so hot here it is like england is on fire yeah it really is bring the rain that's what i say are we going to have like a little military force turn up in your garden fighting like a robot scorpion now? Maybe left so. cheek. Left cheek, left cheek. I do feel a bit like that whenever I kind of have that bring the rain moment. I'd, I'd love it to be that dramatic, but it's not really. It's just me hanging out the washing and then suddenly it's going to start raining. I know as soon as I hang washing outside, it, it'll come. That's the that's the inevitability of all of it. So maybe that's what I need to go and do. I like this visual of you hanging washing out and then seeing the sky and going... Bring the rain. Bring the rain. <laughs> well, I was clearly taking the pegs off really fast. <laughs> it probably will be that case, actually. My wife will think that I'm just being absolutely ridiculous. But uh... You know, we're doing nothing to contradict that image you just painted of us all through that intro with this conversation. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought I was very factual, actually. I thought it was, it was pretty dead on. I don't know what you're talking about. We've stereotyped ourselves and we might as well live up to them. <laughs> yeah. I said your piston, pistons and gears were still working. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Try again. <laughs> what did I piss on? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it was an unfortunate one, wasn't it? <laughs> How many of those beers have you had? Oh, only, only one or two. Moving swiftly on, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> 
So we are, of course, gathered here today to talk about the Masterpiece line, which is everyone's favourite line, I'm assuming. It's it's the pinnacle of Transformers, isn't that right? I don't know. <laughs> Opinions may vary on the subject. Uh, Maz is pulling a face already, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to all of that. But we are, I mean, regardless of where Masterpiece is today and what a lot of people might think about as Masterpiece currently, uh, it used to be in a very different place, of course, and uh, and look very different to what it does today. Uh, and so that's really what we're here to focus on. Not so much the the kind of more modern toys or the more recent toys, but the stuff from, uh, what is it, like 18 years ago now, which is hard to believe. It was quite, quite a long time ago. Uh, but just really to kind of go through some of those early releases uh, and sort of, you know, see what we make of them, I guess. So, uh, I mean, both of you have collected mas- Masterpiece at some point, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Since the beginning, yeah, since the beginning. Not not right as uh, as when it launched, but as soon as I saw one in hand, MP1, it, it was just like top of my wants list. I realised it was actually what you just described, uh, jokingly, like the pinnacle of Transformers. That's actually how it felt when it did. It did. when MP1 to MP3 were were coming out. That's legitimately how I felt about that line. I was just going to say it is the definition of that. That sort of idea, isn't it? When you see a toy and you go, this can never be bettered. That's what it looked like the first time you saw it. You were like, that's it. The perfect realisation of Cartoon Optimus Prime. That's just what it looked like to your eyes. Yeah, I, re- I really I really agree with that, actually. I really think that's true. And uh, it's interesting because I know we do joke about it now. And the Masterpiece line has sort of become something else. And that's kind of a whole other topic. But yeah, I remember seeing MP1 or uh, 20th Anniversary Prime, I guess it would have been. And just being absolutely blown away that this thing was just like the, as you said, the the absolute pinnacle of engineering almost in my mind. It was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I realized that when it was, you know, when it was shown at Wonder, was it Wonderfest? Mm. It may not have been Wonderfest, I think, it, or a to- Tokyo Toy Show, wherever it was premiered alongside um, Binaltech Smokescreen. It was Binaltech that got my attention, and that's the direction I went until I saw MP1 in hand. And I think I mentioned it on a previous episode when I was shown that you could stamp it on a surface and the vents would open. <laughs> that was actually the the gimmick that sold me on him. And uh, yeah, it did feel like it couldn't be better than nothing could look more like Optimus while being a fun transforming toy and made of the best materials. And I wonder if it's one of those things where you look back on old photos and you say to yourself, no, you know, my kid was never that chubby. You know, I don't have a really chubby kid. And then you look at photos from two years ago, it's like, that's a really chubby kid. And then you look at, you know, photos even further back. It's like, wow, right. that's a really chubby kid. So <laughs> MP1 is the chubby kid. I, because at the time, it just felt like it was aesthetic perfection. I, I but, know. You know I, th- yeah, I can identify with some of that. As You know, obviously looking back at old photos of uh, of, of my son. Sometimes, you know what I mean, I do know what you mean with that. But yeah, I do know what you mean in regards to MP1 as well. In that it, at the time, it really felt like it was hard to imagine a Transformers toy ever being better than that, really. Certainly an Optimus Prime design. And yet we've had two more masterpiece attempts at Optimus Prime. You know, you've got Generations versions and whatever else coming out the woodwork as well. So it's not like we're exactly starved of of Optimus Prime designs now, and it's been done so many different ways. But I, I guess at the time as well, we'd not really had a toy like that before. I mean, we'd had the G1 figure, but there was really nothing, was there? Certainly to my mind, that rivaled it at the time back in 2003 no i mean what else was coming out in 2003 other than reissues vinyl tech armada and you know the line that came after armada and the trilogy and, and the beast era stuff before it well i mean if you talk about car robots it wasn't the g1 prime but it was an extremely accomplished prime yeah 
But yeah, something like this, like purely collector aimed with so much nostalgia and meant to look like G1 Prime, but the most modern version of it that could exist technology-wise. No, we definitely haven't had anything like that. It was the first time, wasn't it, that anyone had really tried that in a transforming toy? Because we'd had those like sort of non-transforming Optimus Prime, but even those were still really new, weren't they? It was it was really groundbreaking. I don't think people sort of appreciate that when they look at MPO one now, like how groundbreaking that moment seeing those prototypes for the very first time was because there'd never been anything like it ever. Yeah, that was really incredible. Those prototype pictures, deservedly so. They really kind of um, created a lot of awe in the fandom. Uh, And even now, I think when you look at them, it's not hard to imagine from those prototype pics why that was exciting. If anything, those prototype pictures are probably more exciting now than actual photos of MP1 in its finished colours. Um, which is bizarre, but uh, I, I I do find it weird to to kind of remember because if anything, MP1 I feel now is like a little bit overlooked. Would you agree? Yes, um, I do feel that way, and I think that's reflected in the price a little bit. But not not to bring up the subject of money about it and have that be the defining say on this, but I do find that there was a time when MP10 was the most desirable version, and now obviously the latest version is the most desirable version. And it's this funny cyclical thing where now I'm finding prices for MP1 are on the rise again. Mm. And you can almost see how quickly they sell out compared to MP10s now. So it's almost like that uh, that cycle of what becomes valuable is is shifting. And I wanted what I wanted to say about those MP1 pictures was at the time when we saw those, that would have been basically viewed as a standalone toy not not the beginning of a toy line yeah and i don't think today you would get as much excitement about a standalone figure for example i don't think there's been anywhere near that kind of excitement for the you know the fancy new 600 dollar optimus you know the one that's got all the automated parts and stuff transforming and i don't think there's uh, and maybe you know the price of that is such but i think compared to everything else that was coming out at the time mp1 would have looked that high on a pedestal and people were much more excited for that even though it was just a standalone figure and it might have only ever been the only thing we'd get with the with the moniker masterpiece you know because it's been like that in other toy lines i think brave uh, takara's brave line only got a couple of masterpiece figures didn't it uh, I think they did. Get, was like, it two? I think. I think they did. Um, like that, yeah. I, I think they just did the sort of two of the ex Kaiser figures, and that was that. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so you might be right. Actually, uh, I mean, certainly, I remember seeing those original picks, and not. Well, I don't know what I thought at the time. To be fair, but I, I, I certainly didn't imagine that it was still going to be going eighteen years oh, later, yeah, and, yeah. and you know would have spawned into what it has, uh, and that's no. kind of a, a you know a whole other topic that I'm sure we'll get to. But yeah, I think you're right. There was a, there was a feeling that this is a one-off standalone piece, just an incredibly high-end representation of Transformers' most famous character. Um, but it was incredibly exciting as well. Uh, I guess it's it was a different time, wasn't it? Because as you said, there wasn't really a modern representation of Optimus in toy form, classic Optimus anyway. There had been Fire Convoy, there had been uh, Armada uh, and things like that, but there, there hadn't been classic G1 Optimus redone uh you know even in g1 you know you'd had power master you'd had action master the been the g2 release but this was the first real attempt at redoing uh classic optimus prime in sort of souped up toy form so i I guess you've got to kind of remember that landscape a little bit but i think it's 
I think now, if you come into the hobby now, it's probably impossible to to really kind of appreciate what that was like at the time. Yeah, that was the moment that this collecting hobby, that this um, fandom and community had that echelon of toy uh, made available to them. We, we existed in a purely sort of uh, mainline Toys R Us children's toy yeah. and collector-focused reissues of toys that have already come and gone sort of sphere. And then this was opening up a whole new level of product that would be available to us as toy collectors, toy displayers, and that kind of thing. And I remember like when this came out, like I said in the Vinyl Tech episode, I was actually on my way out of the hobby yeah. uh, when these were revealed. So I think it was closer to the release of Magnus that I actually got into Masterpiece. I think I bought MP1 at a time when MP2 was slated for release or even out because okay. the time between me buying those two felt very short in hindsight yeah and and of course that was the better part of 18 months later but you know that's kind of the mad thing at the time as well wasn't it you know mm. 18 months rolls by i mean mp1 uh what was it um around december 2003 uh and then you're looking march 2005 that magnus was released as mp2 wow. and it's just a, a repaint mm. of the same toy and uh, uh, even that i find kind of hysterical uh, and actually, the the whole timeline of the early masterpiece toys, I find very very funny. I got to say, looking back at it now, I remember there was a point where they were they were. It was actually not so long ago, but it was MP twenty five. Do you remember there was like a whole gap in between twenty four when they'd done Star Saber, and then mm. there was like a real pause before they released uh, or revealed what twenty five was going to be, and it ended up being tracks. Um, and for ages, people were like counting the number of releases that they've been in the previous year and saying, oh, it's incredible. You know, there's only been so many new molds this year and it's, you know, it's not good and all of this. And I just remember thinking, you know, back in the day, it used to be like you'd go for years, genuine years with nothing in this line. And uh, I don't know, it's just kind of funny where it's ended up, if anything. You are right. It's completely strange, like how time has changed the viewpoint on what Masterpiece is in that sense, like how you did just see it as an event when one turned up it was a surprise whereas now it's an expectation you're waiting actively like when is when's the next one going to be revealed and why haven't i seen it yet and you nightbird. see people i <laughs> know yeah nightbird <laughs> said mp nightbird revealed today yeah it's true but, but that's what i mean even that it seems to be like an actual step away from the concept of masterpiece doesn't it a little bit because it's a retool as a character that's not that doesn't actually look like that in the show it's and Masterpiece yeah. isn't typically that, is it? It's usually... Hey, hey! if anything, that is harking back to the very first Masterpiece repaint. Because in the show, Magnus never looked like a white Optimus Prime, but it was just the natural thing they could do is to recolor that toy into something recognizable. I guess that's interesting in itself because, of course, Masterpiece being cartoon accurate was not the thing to begin no, with. That, exactly. was, that was not yeah. the, the, the sort of philosophy of the line at all at that stage. That was an MP10. It wasn't even an MP10 thing, to be fair. Even MP10 and, and that era took influences from comics and toys and whatever else. It was only really from the likes of MP Ironhide and MP Inferno that they, it went ultra tunes. It's it's kind of a relatively recent thing, but we do tend to think of Masterpiece now. But yeah, Liam, I had the same thought about Nightbird. I saw it and I thought, it's a weird one because it doesn't look 100% like Nightbird from the cartoon at all. Uh, it's, it's a compromise in that regard. But I did, uh, knowing that we were going to be discussing this tonight, 
Uh, I couldn't believe that we had a new masterpiece reveal on the day that we were slated to do this. I thought that's uh, kind of funny. But also just the the kind of chasm, if you like, of what is that slated to be? A- MP55? So the, the, right. the difference between MP55 and MP1, I mean, they may as well be different toy lines, really. Of course, they, they they would never look like the same toy line placed together. No, I mean, uh, but you, then neither would neither would G one Optimus Prime and what came like eighteen years later. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I was going to say, and there will be people that display them together. Of course, there will be. Hmm. It's funny though because when you do think of it, I do think of them all as one line because they are masterpieces. But in my mind, even when I think of MPO one, I don't think of it being that different. I just think of it being like a slightly different, even though having them both stood next to each other, I look at them and they look so different, if that makes sense. It's just not how my brain sort of mm. recognises them. It still thinks of them all as one homogenous bunch. I think a lot of people think of MP10 as the start of the line. I think that's common. Um, or MP9, maybe, because uh, it was the kind of crossover release, if anything. But I, I think a lot of people just disregard the early MPs, you know, the ones that we're talking about today specifically. I think uh, even a lot of masterpiece collectors um, you know, probably just skip over those early toys uh, because they're so different and don't kind of fit the aesthetic of the, you know, what the lines kind of become. Um, but it's a bit of a shame because I do think that with MP1, uh, kind of specifically, actually, that it's such a nice toy, such a nice individual release. I don't know. I can't really imagine that not being a part of my collection, personally. No, no. I've I've kept one, and it's one of the few masterpieces I've got left after selling them off is because I just can't part with it. Because every time I look at it, it just feels like history and all these memories yeah. come back of like the day when I first saw the the photos and how excited and everything, how it felt and how groundbreaking it is even now, like when you pick it up. And it's funny because it's one of those toys where it's like how people pick up a slightly older toy and they'll say it feels dated because it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that. And it's like, but it doesn't need that. And it didn't need it then. And it's still something that's so spectacular to behold on its own, in yeah. its own right. So which version do you have, Liam? Uh, I have the, uh, is it the 20th anniversary Hasbro one? Yeah. Which was apparently in movie colours, but it's not in movie colours at all, unless Optimus Prime had a blue gun I didn't, never recognised. Uh, what, do you have the, the one with the battle damage, or do you have the, the later one with the stand and everything? Uh, the one with the stand with ah, the terrible right. voice where the yeah. guy is doing the worst interpretation of Optimus ever. That, I, he might as well have just got some like Scottish bloke doing it. And be like, hey. it's, it's hilarious. I kind of feel I've got that stand. I kind of feel the need to dig it out now and have a little listen to it. Because honestly, I think if people haven't heard that stand, it's I, I, someone had told me how bad it was. And then it wasn't until I got it. A friend of mine, well, a friend of ours gave it to me. And uh, I was just blown away by how bad it is. It's the corniest American accent you can hear as well. Like it's like you could imagine Peter Collin doing this voice when he's at a bar somewhere trying to pick up a girl or something. He's like, "I've got Megatron in my sights." That, that's how he talks. It's got that kind of strange, <laughs> over-the-top, like terrible accent. Everything's like, like one-shot Stan. It's like he's on some sort of dating program. It's so bad. I, I kind of feel like that's Liam cast in the next uh, computer animated uh, Optimus Prime cartoon or whatever. Now I feel that, like that's that, my Netflix audition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll be calling you now. That that'll be it. So, uh, but yeah, no. I'll do one shot stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, no, that stand is is hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, but yeah, of course, there were quite a few different versions of that that toy over the years. Um, that Hasbro version, uh, any Hasbro version. I mean, it's unthinkable now. 
to have masterpiece toys turn up in childhood collections or just in tubs of toys that people come and like lump on secondhand tables and say, I've got these toys that just been like hanging around our house. And you'll see masterpiece Optimus Prime in that because obviously it was sold in Toys R Us, you know, by Hasbro. And uh, it was bought for kids, I suppose, because that's how they've ended up like one armed, one hand, you know, fingers missing. You just wouldn't expect to see that with something today, like a an eBay lot of used toys, mainline toys, generations figures, and then a masterpiece RC missing a leg or something. You know, just you wouldn't expect to see that today. But back then, you, like, can you just imagine though how disappointed so many of those kids must have been to get that toy? Because one, like, it's not really their Optimus Prime anyway. But at the same time, it's so complicated for very young children. And I imagine at that point, like, there would have been a lot of parents buying it, thinking it, oh, this is just like my Optimus Prime as a kid, and buying it for their children. They then would have had no idea what they're trying to do with this complex oh, 500 step mate <laughs> that, that reminds me of a memory that flashed back just to me this week after getting this uh Superfire convoy i remember i was looking on gumtree for transformers secondhand transformers in the uk and there was an rid optimus prime just scattered and it was uh some bloke saying bought this for my son selling it now neither me nor my brother can put it back together again what you see is what you get wow so there was even an element of that with mainline transformers that that they couldn't be figured out by by people who just weren't into the scene. I, I think there's a lot of that. I think a lot of Transformers actually, you know, we we probably don't appreciate it because we spend our life transforming these things. Uh, but certainly, I you know, I see sometimes my son handing one to to his mum, and uh, she is she's very good with them. But sometimes she just gets utterly bewildered by them. Do you know what I mean? And and they're ones that I think of as being relatively simple um you know but sometimes you could just see that she's like had enough do you know what i mean and i think it's just the the level of patience or whatever that is what do you mean you can't transform this fans toy sovereign (laughs) (laughs) right well uh, yeah i'm not talking about that i'm talking more like earthrise trailbreaker and things like that but uh uh, it's it's but it's different though isn't it if you don't spend your life doing this stuff why would you know I think there's a kind of nuance or a kind of, I don't know, almost like an intuition that comes with transforming these things. You know how certain things are likely to go, that if you don't do it all the time, why would you know? Uh, it's, so. it's, that's funny, though, because like when you think of G1, like if you remember like the old sort of TV documentaries and stuff, like the running gag would always be kids could do this, but the parents were bewildered and they had like no idea how they'd turn a, a gun into a robot or a truck. And that's with like vintage G1 toys, which we think of as so simple now, but it's always been there. There's always been like this element, hasn't there, of, adults who don't know transformers finding them really complex that's really true yeah it's true that's really funny never really thought about that Uh, have either of you ever had that thing where someone looks at mp1 or any of the masterpiece toys uh, but mostly mp1 uh, and says oh yeah no i had that toy as a kid and they are of course referring to generation one optimus prime back in the 80s yeah, I had a mate who said he saw it and he was like, "Wow, I had one just like that when I was a kid." And I was like, "I don't think you did." <laughs> I'm assuming it was probably Power Master Optimus Prime, but it's like I think that's very different to what you're expecting. I see it all the time, honestly. I've I've had it on yeah. online quite a few times as well. I mean, not you know, not just MP1, uh, but invariably, you know, invariably masterpiece figures of any description where people are like, "Oh yeah, no, I had that one as a kid," and and whatever. And uh, it is kind of funny. I it just shows you that in people's mind's eye you know these are things that maybe they've not looked at in 30 40 years or whatever it is and it's the it's the nostalgia view i guess isn't it of the thing that they used to own in their mind is as awe-inspiring as the thing that they now see on the screen uh, i think you kind of you know you lose perception a, a little bit 
it's a very powerful powerful reminder of how potent people's imaginations are though isn't it as a kid it's how you viewed that optimus prime toy as that one you saw in the cartoon or whatever your what you were seeing in your mind was not necessarily the toy you had in your hand mm. and i think that's and i think that carries through to adulthood doesn't it for people who don't collect things particularly in a time like now where we're so used to like looking at the tf wiki or googling pictures that you know inside out what all these vintage toys look like so in your mind you're like that didn't look like that but to somebody else they're still they've just got the childhood memory of it and i suppose it's like that for us for other things it's like yeah how i remember nottingham forest being good at football but reality they're actually really crap and it's kind of like this nostalgic view of things isn't it it's just the way you kind of... do you think that mp1 lends itself more to that because looking at mp1 it does look um well it's you know it's all metal constructed and quite boxy in places but if you compare that to for example maybe the latest convoy um that's you know a lot more curved and it's sculpted to look just like the the curves on the screen so you wouldn't look at something like um what's a current masterpiece that maybe you would look at and you'd you'd know immediately that that was like a modern high-end product and there's no chance you would ever mistake that for i guess maybe starscream i was gonna say who would look at the latest masterpiece starscream and mistake that Right. Even MP3, I don't think anyone would ever have imagined just because of the sheer size of that jet mode. But I, could, I suppose I could understand it more with MP1. Maybe that's got more in common with the aesthetic of a G1 toy yeah. than any, any modern masterpiece. It, it seems to be Optimuses particularly that cause that MP10 and MP1 that cause that you know phenomenon. And I think you're right. I think Starscream... Uh, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but the the particularly the MP3, MP6, and 7, you know, those three, the comment that I find you get about those is, is that a Transformer or is it a model mm. jet? You know, because people, when they see them in plain form, uh, can't always or don't immediately comprehend that actually they can transform. I mean, I, I, I've had various people, back when they had the three of them uh, on display, you know, I'm thinking years back now, in, uh, probably before she was my wife, uh, you know, in our old flat uh, where we used to live, uh, my wife and I, you know, and, and we would get, come, have people come around, they'd be on display, and, and you would get a lot of people going, oh, they model jets, oh, that's kind of cool. And we'd be like, oh, no, they're a Transformer. And uh, <laughs> it's always kind of fun. But that that was the comment about those. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think anybody ever necessarily looked at MP3 and thought that's the one I had as a kid. I was going to say, do you think there's a similar effect of like what we were talking about with vinyl tech, for example, how it feels like the vintage toys evolved? And I think that's a, there's a lot of that in MP1 from g1 optimus prime whereas you look at it where it's got all the pistons and stuff and it feels like that's what you would have had like in a g1 optimus not like in the actual toy but if as it got older if that makes sense like an evolution from it there's so many elements like die cast chrome all these things carry over and it feels very much like one adult would make of instead of a g1 optimus if that makes sense rather than a child's toy and including a light up matrix as well inside which was a massive selling point for me definitely and yeah the opening vents as well just like okay, this is what a real Optimus, but G1 Optimus would look yeah. like and function like. And now I actually have those functions in a collectible product. Yeah, it was you know, groundbreaking at the time. And because so much of that, the G1 toys was that they looked like real vehicles, wasn't it? And so that masterpiece, it steers into that by having these realistic like items that you would find on robots or actual cars, wouldn't it? And, uh, and I think that's a lot of how, why it feels very thematically similar. In the same way that Final Tech does feel like the ancestor of G1 to me. That's the one mm. that I always feel like that's where it went to rather than where it diverges to cartoons with Masterpiece. It's very, that's the point it's going yeah. for. Whereas I always felt like the original ones felt like the toys would evolve. Oh, not like MP3 as such, but I just felt that with the MP01 really specifically. 
I, do you know what? I, I would almost say the same thing about MP3, but mm. but just before I go there, am I right in saying MP1 has the working suspension on the cab as well? It does. It does. Yeah, so that, that toy really had everything that you would imagine a grown-up version of G1 Prime would have if it was trying to mimic a real-life vehicle and really sell you on the Transformer concept. Yeah. Great articulation and robot, but also fantastic functional vehicle with all the bells and whistles. But no, I, I really do think MP3 as a realistic-looking fighter jet and then that realistic-looking fighter jet as a robot not trying to mimic on-screen colors. Because remember, once upon a time, that was fine if you didn't mimic on-screen colors. But it was more impressive that that real-life F-15 Eagle with that military paint could be Starscream, even though he wasn't light gray. And you'd be super impressed that it turned into a G1-shaped robot. And I, I think maybe that's why we were also impressed with the 2007 movie when it first came along, because it was our first real experience of real-life Transformers and what they would look like as real cars that then became a robot. We were far less discerning about, oh, but it needs this detail, oh, but that element of nostalgia is missing. The new was still really exciting. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, I never looked at MP1 especially and thought, I never, I never remember comparing it to the animation model and like pointing out all the ways it was slightly off or where it deviated right, or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody ever did that, did they? I mean, maybe somebody did. I don't know. There'll always be no, someone, but you know, right. but it, it wasn't. Maybe it's, it wasn't. We the thing. felt masterpiece was a description of a toy. Yes, like it's a masterpiece toy. That was the thing, and that yeah. was what it was trying to be. It was. I think the philosophy was: let's make this the best Optimus Prime toy it can be, the best mm-hmm. representation of that character. And they, and you can see that they drew influence from all kinds of places. I mean, the thing even has the mouth, you know, under the moving mouth plate. It has the right. little drawn-in mouth, which. Pretty clearly, I've never seen it confirmed, but seems to be a homage to the Marvel comic, you know, from the bit where uh, where he, he actually dies, you know, after a battle with Unicron. And uh, so th- there's lots of those little things that are included in that. But there's lots of influence that's new as well. You know, lots of things in there that's new. I mean, the, like you said, the engineering around the vents, the, the suspension of the tires, that kind of stuff, that doesn't come from anywhere other than just let's make this an incredible experience and an incredible toy. Um, and I think that's really something. It really kind of sets that figure, especially apart from anything else that line has done. And it had such like gravitas as well when you saw it, like the weight behind it, the size of it, everything, that toy. It's just everything about it just felt really special and just really groundbreaking. Like no matter what angle you looked at it from, it was just an incredible thing. Like like say the pistons in, this, in the elbows yeah. and stuff like that was just, pistons just this incredible. These little touches and the little flip-out mm. communicators as well on the yeah, arms. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but they're like they're not even gimmicks that you notice like half the time. Like, I forget they're there because they're so cleanly hidden in the arms and stuff. And it's just everything like it was it, everything felt so neat in that toy as well. Yeah. Oh, just the matrix chamber. I remember really impressed me. Just even how that thing transformed with the with the jet. Oh, sorry, with the truck cab, and then it was the like the light up gimmick on his shoulder. Yes. I love just displaying him holding the. The windows of the cab open with the with the matrix displayed. I just really enjoyed that, and you know, nice removable, great looking matrix was a was a nice thing to have at the time as well. It, a novelty, wasn't it? Then it yes. really, yeah, it was. I remember thinking, "Wow, an actual matrix toy," you know, and as you mm. said, man, one that lights up as well. I remember being blown away by the little moving mouth plate. That for me was yeah, just that, just such a simple gimmick that actually now 
I mean, if it happens on an Optimus toy these days, you almost take it for granted, don't you? You could imagine, and I'm sure there are mainline toys that do that today. Uh, and probably... My one-step bisque has a movable mouth plate. Right. There you go. There you go. But back in 2003, that was everything. You know, it's like, oh my God, mm. the mouth plate moves. You know, incredible. Never thought of this before. Uh, so I think, I think it was a product of its time. But still, I think there's a lot special about MP1 because of the the diecast, the rubber tires, because of the the chrome, the construction of it, the the suspension. There's still a lot that elevates it. It's it is partly because it was new, and partly because we'd never seen anything like that, and it was this ultimate representation of a character that we'd never seen done like that before. But I think it was also because it was just a very cool design. Do you think it really was a product of its time, though, or do you think there is an element that we look back at it? through this lens of everything we see now. And then we, you kind of sort of apply, I don't know, this kind of the cartoon effect as such. And then you look at it and it feels so different because even I still look at it now, I think like if that came out now and, you know, Transformers hadn't gone off in the cartoony direction, I'd still be completely wowed by it. And there's it, there's very little on it that I feel like feels outdated or, you know, anything like that. There's... I guess I guess only because there have been two other subsequent masterpiece optimus primes and yeah. Earthrise, and you know whatever else uh you know there have been so many different toys of that character so i think you wouldn't have the same i'd still be wowed about it as a toy don't get me wrong but you wouldn't have the the awe of it being the that first optimus prime you know that's yeah. done in that style i think that that was a that was a momentary thing that was of its time that element uh i think, I think that um, would be hard to recapture I- the fact that it's Optimus Prime had no effect on me whatsoever. I've never been a big Prime person. So I remember not being drawn in by that fact. And if and I, if I'm honest, that's probably one of the things that stopped me being as interested in it as whereas Tech launched with Smokescreen. <laughs> you know, and that was massively interesting to me. It's like, whoa, a Subaru Impreza. It's it, right. Exactly. That's probably why I very rarely bought the leader figures in any toy line I've collected straight away. That's always been the ones that are missing from my collection. I always go for the, you know, the car bots or the jets or the the grunts and I never bought the leaders in, in a particular toy line. The bar of soap. Uh, it's a, right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't and that's why I actually all of the things you're talking about being super impressive about Optimus, I'm actually relating to Starscream. Because okay. my first experience of MP3 Starscream was all of those things. Uh, and it's just amazing how, how little I cared that it didn't look like on-screen Starscream. But it was just probably the best-looking Starscream I'd ever seen. And it was... I don't know why, but it, it felt closer to cartoon Starscream than anything that had gone before. And obviously, because stuff that had gone before was Armada Starscream and reissue Starscream, even in anime colors or G1 Starscream. None of that matched up to what mp3 looked like and even when we got like a anime colored mp3 you know i it it didn't diminish the first release mp3 for me at all it was still just the fact that it looked like a realistic jet with moving ailerons and air brakes and that lovely undercarriage and landing gear which was sculpted to look like an actual f-15 and the realistic uh, dropping of the vents which become his shoulders and mm. opening cockpit and and then of course they had the null ray in the nose as well just all those features made it feel like a fantastic jet toy looked realistic but was also starscream and, and all the kibble that was hanging off it man i didn't care about that one bit the, the, I, the, I was so disappointed yeah the kibble was a thing of course the kibble did bother a lot of people to be fair it was the prototype um, they'd already shown the prototype which looked better 
than the actual toy that came out to me. I'd already seen it, and I was so disappointed when it suddenly had the the hip vents, and it was like, oh, yeah, no. the, the scabbard things. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was. I guess yeah, that that original prototype that was the the Kobayashi. Uh, designed prototype, wasn't it? Before Shoji yeah. uh, Shoji Karamori had uh, had, mm-hmm. had his his run at it. Uh, I guess it was a weird one that they'd chosen to share that and to to sort of show that to everybody, uh, and then release the actual product. Uh, it, but I have to say, I I really rate MP3, and I yeah. I do kind of agree with Maz in a way that I don't know that the hip flaps, the hip scabbards. I don't think it ever really bothered me. Um, but then I, I never. It's the same way that like vinyl tech. Dead ends and tracks bits never really pestered me about display. Yeah, sometimes it got a bit awkward to try and pose him and put them somewhere maybe out of the way. Even with RID Prowl, I, I still have that thing with his doors, mm. you know. But yeah, no, carry on. Yeah, it didn't bother me. Well, I was just uh, I was going to say that I think I mean they they popped off first of all anyway on MP3. You could just legitimately you know pop them off at the ball at the That's ball true, joint, yeah. which I I did do a lot of the time when I displayed those three toys, you know, the MP6 and 7 as well, uh, I would often just pop those bits off and jobs are good. And, and then actually they were, uh, for my money anyway, a very uh, cartoony looking great representation of those characters. I mean, I, I don't think at the time, again, I, I wasn't like holding them up versus the animation model. I wasn't like looking at all the different things uh, that made them inaccurate in any way. It was just great to have those characters on the shelf looking as good yeah, as they did. You were still grateful for the fact that it existed, right? Exactly, and I think that that is really of its time as well, because that you have but being to, grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean it in that way, but you know, I think, I think because there wasn't the plethora of product that there is right. now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't that. I mean, now we're in a world where masterpiece is not everybody's favorite representation of some of these characters you know but and i'm mm. not saying that it would have been at the time necessarily but certainly you know when you're looking at mp1 what what's your choice if you want a g1 style optimus prime you're talking mp1 at the time or the literal 1984 toy <laughs> that that was your choices of those you know maybe right. the action master or whatever but even then it, it you know different colors so you know realistically mp1 well, was the metal force was optimus it? prime at the time do you remember do you remember Metal Force Optimus Prime? Just the statue that uh, it was an I official did. product, yeah, but it, it was non-transforming. Vaguely, that was that was a very popular toy at the time. That was a, a lot of people's choice for a display, you know, a, like a grown-up display Optimus. It's so funny well, to, also the, to go about um, grown-up displays. It's so funny, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, there were like the non-transforming ones though, as well, wasn't they? This were they what they super mega SCF something like that. And do you remember? Those? Yeah, the the larger PVCs. Yeah, but they had all the articulation and little accessories and stuff. Right, correct. That's around the same time, isn't it? Because you had those and stuff. Yeah, it would have been about this time. That's right. I just remember with with Starscream, it's because I'd seen the prototype, and I think I hadn't seen that. And then when it was when it shown off, and it was green as well, it felt like such a deviation from what I'd already. Because it was quite a while from the prototype to actually seeing the toy. And I remember I just kept looking at the pictures loads. And so what I assumed, it's partly my own fault, because it was just what I assumed based on MP1 is that it would be in the normal colours and it would No, I, like, I, I think know. a lot of people assume the same. I remember um, that when the colours were unveiled, I think it was, um, I think it was an unpopular choice for a lot of people. It, it caused, you know, a lot of discussion, I remember at the time. Uh, and a lot of people were a bit mortified to see that green colour scheme. Uh, it is a weird one. I, I feel like, 
the color scheme actually has gained in popularity a little bit over the years. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like it, it used to be more controversial than actually it is now. Or as I feel like because so many years have passed and because you can or, or were able at one stage to get the MP3 mold in cartoon colors. And then obviously we've had, I mean, what is it now? 57 other star screams since then. Uh, you know, I feel like the, that controversy probably seems a bit silly in, in context, but at the time it, it was a big deal. But I feel like actually the green screen idea is now, if anything, I look at it and it's a bit more popular than it used to be. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. If you imagine the general state of displeasure when that's your only choice, there's not that disappointment now. I'd actually love to know what it's uh, what it would feel like to own a green screen again, MP3. That's probably something I'd be more likely to go for. I've been kind of offhand looking at MP4 as well, okay. something I never experienced because I never had the original trailer. And collecting vinyl tech again, that's what would be in scale with it. So I actually think it would be really fun for me to go and experience the MP1, MP4 mold again. And MP3 simply because of what it is and just what that achieved and I think there's a real there's a you would love MP3 again. I know you've had it previously, um, but you would love to have it again. I think, and I'm not just saying that to be like, haha, enablement. Uh, but it, uh, no, I totally know, I think so. It's think crossed it my mind as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I had it until recently. Actually, only recently sold mine, and it was a hard one to let go of because I did really love it. And actually, in a funny way, the fact that it was green, the fact that it wasn't cartoon colors made it more unique for me. You know, it made me kind of want to hang on to it a little bit more, if anything, uh, just because it really kind of made it of its time. I don't know. It really felt like, mm. what was it, September 2006? It felt like yeah. that's that product, you know, from that time. It almost kind of gave it a timestamp uh, in a way that, you know, Smokescreen being a Subaru or any of these things, they are of their time. Uh, you know, mm. you, I don't see any, it's a shame, you don't see that green color scheme now ever being referenced or, or given a nod in toy form ever since. So it kind of makes it more unique in my view. Now we're so used to variants and recolors as well. So stuff like that's interesting. But it's like Maz was saying, like at the time when that's your only option, it's really disappointing because it's not what you wanted. And back yeah. then you weren't seeing that many recolors of Masterpiece Wii. I don't think we'd For some it. people, yeah. I, yeah. I can tell you when I unboxed that thing for the first time at BotCon 2006, when I just got to my hotel room in Lexington, uh, Kentucky, and I bought that off uh, Tony Preto, Tempting Toys. Then I unboxed it. I thought, that is remarkable. And I remember I didn't spend much time with it because it was a case of getting it in the luggage and then going and experiencing BotCon for the first time. But I remember no matter what else I bought at BotCon, by the time I'd gotten back home to the UK, unboxing that MP3 again was the most exciting thing for me. I was I was looking forward to that the most. There was, there was never any disappointment for me, attached to getting MP3, I absolutely adored it. I, I never felt the need to get the stars, the Skywarp, or the Thundercracker, but MP3 was was fantastic. I displayed it for years. Well, I think all of those early masterpiece toys were events, weren't they? They were absolute for sure, events. Yeah, I, I remember the level of excitement. I mean, even going into stuff like Grimlock and you know Rodimus and and all of that, uh, even Megatron, you know, which which we'll get to shortly. But you know, all of these felt like super big events for me and just so thrilling uh to kind of see so yeah no i i, I completely believe that i think you know there were people uh, for sure that nitpicked the color and all of that uh, what about the size of it because of course it was a very different scale to mp1 did that bother you at all mares never i loved how big the jet was i mean that was terrific i don't think i needed the jet to be any bigger than that and then 
<laughs> there was this oversized uh, third-party version of the MP3 mold, right? Uh, there was, yeah. We saw it, didn't we, in the pub? Yeah, in, in um, the pub. Steve had it. Yeah, and he did. that was just mesmerizing. And it I think incredible. I'd still very much like to have that today because that was even bigger. <laughs> no, I, I love the scale of MP3, but yeah. imagined it bigger was... I wouldn't have wanted it bigger for mainline. And having seen that um, oversized third-party version, I don't think it would have worked. It, um, it, as a, it was mad, know. wasn't it? I mean, what's the original is what one sixty scale, and I don't know what the the KO is or, or whatever. I'm sure it's not. You know, no one's really worked it out. But it was. I remember it being an incredible thing, uh, and it was in the green colours and everything as well. Um, yeah, that, that was interesting. Certainly, I remember that was a bit of a, a showstopper in the old pub, uh, as it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I remember though that there was quite a bit of controversy about Starscream being so little versus MP1, because uh, of course it felt, well, I don't know why anybody expected different, really. I guess people expected that it was going to be the same height or that it was going to scale in some way. But actually, do you think people were still thinking in terms of toy line at that point? Do you think it well, was? Yeah. Because they were, what, three years apart? Well, I did. I saw it just as that's the best that Prime can be. Right. That's the best that Starscream can be. And it just, I don't think I ever I sort of looked at them any, side by side. I don't think everybody looked at it that way. I think that, um, I guess what I was going to say was that it's interesting because actually MP1 and MP2 are the same mold. Then you get mm. MP3 Starscream. So this is the second new mold in the line, if indeed you call it a line. You know, we're, mm. we're almost three years in at this point and we're just getting the second new mold so it's i mean the, the pace of all of this is is just incredible by today's standards um but what precedent was there that it was going to scale none so actually the mm. expectation was zero around that i guess but but still i know that there were people that were disappointed that it didn't had we even had anything to that point in transformers that had legitimately scaled to the point that this had to live up to that sort of you know, standard? Uh, it's a good question. I guess the first toys that you could say legitimately scaled with one another was probably vinyl tech, but only because they all fit. Yeah, because they the had same. the assigned scale. Yeah, yeah. that's probably yeah. the only, or certainly the first toys that you could say, yes, this scales with that. Because in G1, it was just happenstance, really, wasn't it? Like right. sometimes you would get two toys and they might look about the right size next to one another, like um, Prime and some of the Carbots, for example. But uh, I don't know, would you rate that, for example, from Diaclone? I, I don't know if they're necessarily, they're not really worked to a particular scale, are they? I suppose they are uh, to some degree because you've got the pilots that yeah. have to fit in the cockpits of the cars and then the jets. But, you know. To some degree, right. Yeah, like if you look at the Diaclone pilot takes up the entire cockpit of an F-15 Eagle in Diaclone. It doesn't really though, does it? Like a real person yeah. does not take up the entire cockpit of an F-15. So to that well, no, not really. I wouldn't have said it was scaled. Yeah, certainly the F-15s in G1 were not to scale with the cars and all of that, for of sure. Not, no. Uh, no, definitely not. But 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 equally, I think F-15s is a really funny one anyway, because the notion of an F-15 that scales with a car is right. just, I mean, how ridiculous is that, actually? And, and I think we as collectors, we as fans often lose all relative real world... <laughs> knowledge of what this stuff yeah. would actually look like if it was in actual vehicle mode scale it would be incredible do you know what i mean just the, yeah. the size and of the toy just yeah, just even having a megatron masterpiece accessory yes. that can be held in the hands of a masterpiece toy 
it's not the correct scale. You know, a masterpiece that fits in the hand of a proper full-size transformer, you know, it's not going to be held by a person, is it? No, absolutely not. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a funny one with Starscream. I know it caused lots of controversy about being a smaller scale. I guess what's weird is that actually Starscream, uh, if anything, was the first toy to fit the MP10 scale, wasn't it? Because if that kind of has become... Uh, the the size that they've all been from there, you know, or not not all of them, because of course then we've had Megatron in the larger as well. Uh, but you know, uh, everything from MP9 is supposed to fit a set scale, but actually, in anything, MP3 was already in that scale. Would you say? Yeah, I guess that's fair because MP11 scales with him very well, doesn't it? Yeah, they're the same size. And that's size. supposed to be in the same scale universe as MP10 onwards, even yeah. though that's kind of you know its own thing. I just wanted to mention, because we're talking about this uh, Megatron gun, how cool was it that the Ultra Magnus came with a Microman-colored Megatron yeah, gun? Yeah, that was cool. It, it was a, it's the kind of thing, actually, now that I think you would get now and you'd be impressed by but not amazed by. You know, it's the kind of right. it, it's the niche nods that are all too common, if anything, in today's version of Transformers Toyline because so many of the people that are designing those toys now you know, grew up with that stuff and have that reverence for it and whatever. But but yeah, back then it was it was really unheard of, that kind of thing. So I did want to mention Magnus, actually, and just kind of talk about him. Have either of you ever owned the Magnus replay? I did, yeah. I did. It was it was um a no brainer for me once I had the the convoy. Yeah. Was to get the Magnus. And it was gorgeous. Totally its own thing for me, even though it was just exactly the same mold. I, I kind of feel like actually I prefer Magnus actually to MP1 in some ways. Like I, I love that Magnus toy, uh, MP2. Mm-hmm. I think it's often overlooked, um, and people because people even forget. You know, I've I've heard people being like, "Hang on, MP1 was Optimus, MP3 was Starscream. What was MP2?" Um, you mm-hmm. know, just because it had its own number. Um, and actually, I remember at the time having, um, I guess it was the 20th anniversary version, the, the Hasbro version. But I did get MP2 imported. And uh, even friends at the time were like, that's the nicer one, the white one. It's just super nice. Love the blue face paint, uh, face plate on it and everything. Right, yeah. yeah. And of course, the cardboard trailers that came with both that and MP1. Did you ever assemble those? I didn't, actually. No, no. I never did. I never did. I think at that point, the, um, the figures felt so premium to me by that point compared to reissues in book boxes that... I suddenly didn't feel like I could start messing around with with the paper craft and and everything that came with it. It was a bit more like leave it, try to keep it pristine. This is a collector's item now. This is top end Transformers product. Let's try to be adult about this now. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're already assembling your cardboard trailer. Would you Would you do right. it now if you got those toys now? Oh God, yeah, absolutely <laughs> brilliant. You'd love it. Absolutely love it now, wouldn't you? Little cardboard right. trailer. Do a bunch of photos as well. You know. I'd, I'd probably, I don't know, I still it's have... Takara MP2 yeah. Ultra Magnus cardboard trailer. Yeah, I'd do that on Twitter, definitely. Isn't going to be like mortified if you just got a very slightly wonky fold in it? It's like ruining yeah. the toy for you. Yeah, you can That's just see it. that, can't you? Like, oh, has anyone got a, a mint one I can buy? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that'd be me. I actually, but, uh, thinking about it, I must still have that cardboard Magnus trailer in the box. Uh just just sitting there, never used. Maybe I should get it out and give it well, a I mean, it is the box, isn't it? It is like the insert yeah, it's, it's, tray, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's the tray, essentially. It's like, a, it's like an insert tray, and then you've got um, an, another tray inside that, obviously, to mm-hmm. kind of hold the toy, uh, clamshell or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of like a, like a folded thing just inside the lining of the box, um, which 
I think at the time I never really even kind of bothered with what is this. I never really kind of looked at it and thought, oh, I need to do something with that. It was just kind of, you know, part of the box or whatever. But uh, but yeah, no, big, big fan of MP2. Big, big fan of it. So uh, I was just thinking... Well, it was such an easy pass for me. I don't, I don't know. Well, MP2? I yeah. I mean, I've, from there where I thought it was really pretty, but at that point I was quite happy with just having one version of the mold. It was never... I can totally see that, yeah. yeah. I can imagine like saying, a lot of people felt the same way. I never saw it as a line to collect as such. And I, the Optus Prime felt like such an event. It's like, I must have that. And then when I saw Manus, I was like, wow, that looks beautiful but I have no desire to own it or anything like that. There was no mm-hmm. need then. So I've never, ever owned it. I've always looked at it gone. it's pretty, but never felt an urge to buy it. it. It yellows a little bit. I think it's one of those that is, um, it's, a, it's a white toy, isn't it? So it's going to over time. Yeah. But I, I do see some of them uh, occasionally, because uh, mine is not pristine. Mine is in very nice condition, I would say, but it's not 100% pristine. Um, but um, it, it's one of those that, yeah, I've looked at other listings for it over the years. And, it, it, you know, you want to, kind of make sure that you know what you're getting i guess uh but i have seen people try and um kit bash or mold uh a magnus armor round it as well uh, i remember photo yeah i remember photos at the time it kind of looked a bit janky but yeah it felt exciting it was like is someone gonna make this into a proper it, it ultra a, magnus i remember a being super era. excited a very yeah. very different era yeah it did look a little bit janky and, and whatever but still fair play to to those people for having a go because it it was exciting. It was just fun to see how oh, someone's actually going to do it, you know, make an armor mm. for this thing. Uh, and that carried on into the classics, didn't it? When they did the classics Ultra Magnus, that mm. was where the third party really came to life was with the trailer. For the City Commander. Yeah. It was. That, that, Fans project. That's really, there was, third, I, I think there was third party stuff before, but that's really where it took off, wasn't it? Was that, that toy. Well, wasn't the first Fans Toys product a trailer for MP1? It was. It was. There, there, there were, yes, there were a couple of them actually. There were a couple of them. It's a sound wave. Uh, there was a it? there was a Justed Toys one um, for MP one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which that's I the had. one I saw in most collections. Yeah. Yeah, I had that one. That was I think out before the Fans Toys trailer. Um, Definitely. I I, I, I I presume the Fans Toys one got released. I, I I'm guessing. Do you know what I mean? They've mm. always sort of said that it was FT one or whatever. Um, so, but yeah, I never I never seen it in hand. Uh, but I think it, it did look quite nice, actually, the Fans Toys one from you know pictures I've seen way back when or whatever. But yes, that was the very first Fans Toys uh, product. It all started so innocently, didn't it? With just the occasional little add-on kit or whatever. And, you know, Improving just, official toys. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. An complimenting here, them. Uh, complimenting, right. Not yeah. kind of completely doing your own line. And, Supplanting them, yeah. <laughs> look at them now. They're making bloody Fortress Maximus. Do you know what I mean? Like oh in scale with the whole thing. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Omega Supreme and all of that. And yes. If they can do him in scale, why can't Takara do Megatron in scale? You know? Yeah. Try harder. They're just not they're just not trying. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's the trying, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It's the it's trying. The... It's the trying. Yeah. Do you, speaking of Megatron though, do you remember when Hasbro released the Legends class Megatron and revealed the shield and it was designed to right. be compatible with, with MP3, MP3, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. So it's now, funny now, how hang on it. I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there with, with your MP03 and your MP01. There was no O, right? Look, it we sounds better. We didn't <laughs> get an O until MP10, right? Wait, and even so, then, the O was on the wrong side. Wait, you mean there's no O in the first nine masterpieces? There's no O in the first nine masterpieces. <laughs> well, Still sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Next, we'll be finding out that uh, pteranodons aren't dinosaurs or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. they're not birds either. <laughs> <laughs> they, 
They're just wind-enabled creatures. That's what they <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Winged <laughs> things. Okay, so, uh, third-party antics aside, uh, of course, there were still official toys being released as well. Uh, and I guess the next one was MP4, which we've kind of hinted at already, but was the kind of perfect edition of Convoy, uh, MP1, uh, with the trailer, uh, which, Maz, you've never seen, you said, in hand, but you're kind of curious about. The only experience I had of MP4 was being at uh, Memorabilia in Birmingham with the Space Bridge. Uh, and I don't think he was the only dealer there who had them. There were just stacks of them. Nobody was interested at all. Right. Nobody was buying them. They were just shelf warming, table warming. And I think it's one of those where somewhere down the line, people realized that they wanted a complete line and went back and they were just scarce. And the value has just gone up from there. Yeah. And am I right yeah. in thinking that around this time, we would have had classics? Uh, yes, it would have been. Yeah. They were, well, this I was... remember that memorabilia. Classics were what? The only thing that people wanted. Yeah, that, isn't it? It was, it was the first it was, wave of classics. Yeah, yeah, it was the first no wave. one cared about MP4. Yeah, yeah. I think it was weird timing. And um, uh, my understanding of it anyway is that actually MP4 was twofold. The, the reasoning for it was number one uh, was because they figured that that's what the fans wanted. You know, there had been feedback for three years saying, give us a trailer. And they were like, okay, well, here's the trailer then. But rather than do it as a separate thing, they were, you know, repackaged it and resold the same toy over again. And I can imagine that, you know, given that this is the, well, fourth release in the line, uh, but also that, you know, a lot of people already owned MP1. Uh, I mean, it's been three years, but also it's only been three years. Uh, yes. it, it, it was a bit of a gamble in that regard. I kind yeah, of feel like maybe... People would have been like, what is this going to be my annual MP1 purchase Right, now? exactly, yeah. exactly. I kind of feel like in a way it would have been more successful if it was just the trailer. I don't know, that's just speculation. But um, but also I think they, they did it to coincide with Megatron because of course... And Vinyl Tech. And, and Vinyl Tech, you're quite right. And Vinyl Tech, and Vinyl Tech, of course, yeah. But, um, well, Vinyl Tech was already a thing at that stage and had been yeah. for, for a good long while. But, but Megatron, of course, came in 2007, March. Uh, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, the trailer was very much a preamble to that. It was designed by the same person, of course. It was designed by Hisashi Yuki, uh, who did the trailer and Megatron uh, sort of pretty much at the same time. But uh, And, of course, there's the old fact about Megatron, isn't it? Does anybody remember how many days he, he took to design it? You heard this? Two weeks, oh, wasn't it? That's it. Was it not two weeks? It was... 12 days apparently 12 yeah. days specifically that he had 12 uh, days of megatron yeah 12 days to design that toy mp5 uh from 12 days to transform that toy well yeah. that's the irony isn't it is that actually transforming it it's one of i think even today probably the most complicated transformers yeah, yeah. of all time uh, i needed 45 minutes with the instructions to go from robot to gun mode yeah i remember that one occasion it was it's quite because it was only one occasion quite the thing quite the thing I, I i did it a few times over i had the gold version as well at one stage which i, I did kind of like that came much later didn't it the gold version was quite a few years later gold version was very late gold version was actually 2014 i just had to look it up yeah. there but yeah 2014 so you're talking a full what's that seven years after the original wow. mp5 i remember when the gold version came out actually it was like a real left field like what? Because it was hmm. it was the only, interestingly, it was the only pre-MP10 uh, repaint that was released after MP10. If that, actually, Amazing. well, I tell a lie, actually, no, there was black 
Rodimus as well was released after, but it was released pretty much at the same time as MP10, Black Rodimus. Uh, but other than that, it was the, yeah, certainly years after, it was the only pre-MP10 uh, or pre-MP9 uh, toy that was released after uh, the kind of new wave of Masterpiece, if you like, the kind of reboot with MP10. When did we get the final MP01? Because there was like a final edition, wasn't there? Uh, was that bef- yeah, there I, was. I always thought that was around. There he goes with the O again. Yeah. <laughs> the final MP, there was never an MP01, so there was a final one. MP1 It's because I'm so wild. It's like MP01. <laughs> Fantastic. MP01. Yeah. Uh, so MP1, because there was like, there was a final edition, wasn't there? There was. They did there was. There was out, MP1L. Convoy last production, which was 2011. So is that before MP10 then? It was concurrent with MP10. So they they did yeah. they did uh, March 2011. They did MP1L, which was actually stamped as being like this is the last time we're ever doing this toy. Uh, it had a sticker you, you on buggers. the box saying that, didn't it? Well. <laughs> it did. We'll never do it again. <laughs> really mean it this time. Yeah. We, we promise we will not use yeah. this mold ever again. We commit to it this time. We will not do it. Uh, and then they did MP10, and and it was funny yeah. because they um, they released uh, MP1L and kind of unveiled it uh, before they dropped the design. I think before they unveiled MP10, uh, and I think it was yeah, um, a lot of people kind of had an inkling of like, okay, so there's going to be a new convoy toy on the way. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they're going to yeah. commit to never using this mold again, it probably means that there will be uh, another one. And there was there was there had been as well. We're skipping ahead a little sleep bit mode. now, but there. Well, uh, sleep mode actually came earlier. That was 2010. But there had mm. then with Rodimus, of course, there had been the tease of what the new toy was going to be, what MP10 was going to be. Do you do you remember this? Is that the, what the stand would say? Yeah. So the stand with Rodimus, which you had to to send away for, for with robot points, it was all very complicated. You could get the robot points from previous masterpiece releases and other toys, send away, get the the 2010 stand. And it was like 2010 robot points as well. And the stand revealed that the next toy was going to be Optimus again. So it was... Liam, Liam, Liam. Yeah. Do you remember Do you remember that guy who talked about who bought his uh, Rodimus stand? <laughs> do you know that guy actually paid for his house? There's a plaque in his house dedicated to it. <laughs> right. That's how, that's how much it He's got a brick with his name on it. <laughs> Bless that guy. Well, that's MP1, the brick, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah. but the brick's just painted like a plain white piece of cardboard. <laughs> could be a gold brick and i could get the uh, lucky draw mp1 that would be a nice <laughs> oh thing. that's the one we haven't mentioned yeah well it did occur to me that was actually the the first repaint of mp1 that was pre-magnus damn didn't realize that yeah that was 2004 that was 2004 so very often forgotten about but it was actually the first well technically the second ever masterpiece toy but first ever repaint so yeah magnus was 2005 lucky draw 2004 apparently not that I've ever seen one. I've the only time I ever experienced that toy was two thousand seven. Uh, it took that long for me to ever see one in hand, and that was exchanging hands at Botcon. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. A, someone bought it. Yeah, yeah. For a price that I think today most masterpiece collectors would seriously consider because it's because it's such a special item. It's more expensive than anything that's ever been in masterpiece at retail, obviously. But yeah. as far as lucky draw items go. I mean, back then it was, you know, it was comparable to really rare Diaclone. Yeah. So people were who were buying Diaclone would have quite happily said, "Well, okay, I'll I'll buy that instead." But you know, I think it's um it's a lot more expensive these days, a lot rarer. You just don't see them. No, it's kind of off the table now, I guess, isn't it? Really, as far as most people are concerned, it's kind of become one of those legendary items 
Um, that I mean, certainly, uh, you know, when I was thinking, let's complete Masterpiece or whatever, it, it was always the one that I was like, well, I'm never going to get that, but let's complete Retail Masterpiece or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it just it always felt a little bit unattainable in a way. <laughs> So yeah, coming back to Megatron anyway, and uh, of course designed by the same guy that did the trailer. Uh, so he designed the Megatron in 12 days. He did the trailer in one night, apparently, uh, the MP4 trailer, which I actually think is kind of hilarious. Uh, that, uh, I mean, <laughs> probably doesn't make me feel so bad about its shelf warming now, uh, but it has become more desirable in, in recent years. I think actually now the MP4 edition is probably certainly my impression anyway, the most desirable or one of them. Um, What do you have to do very much, though, with it to design it? Would you not just like walk into the factory with like the G1 Optimus Prime trailer, put it on the table and go, huh? Times it by two. That's literally all you had to do. It is. Just think if they had applied that kind of (laughs) hard-working timelines to the rest of the Masterpiece line, we'd have them all by now, wouldn't we? We really would, yeah. If they'd been like, get this out in one night. (laughs) Megatron, you've got 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> just absolutely incredible Rodimus do it in a week just I mean the... how long did Soundwave really need I know exactly honestly just crack on what do you think it. weekends are for <laughs> yeah. but, but Laserbeak was more complicated I think what is hilarious is that Convoy or Optimus was released in 2003 four years later Megatron is released and then they give the bugger 12 days to do it you know what I mean like it's the it's he the... probably had four years mate but he just left it to the, the last minute the... The they were supposed to be launched together. It's the absolute epitome <laughs> of how I used to do like GCSE homework and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you get you get three months to do it, and then you do it all in the last night. Just like, oh my god, just gotta get it done for tomorrow. There's a test. Yeah. There's an exam. You spend the rest of your life being told how rubbish the result was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just imagine you came in from like a bender one night, and then just was like went to get some like juice out of the fridge or something, and just saw a little calendar with like a red mark. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> Yeah. Just gets an email one day. You've had four years, four years to design this toy. Your deadline's up in twelve days, mate. Where is it? Suddenly, suddenly it's like waking moments are like twenty-four, like where you just see a little clock carried out. It's like, and he's like, it's got like a little fusion can in his hand and a notepad. He's scribbling it down. For Under head. those circumstances, how impressive is MP5? Then I actually think it's all right. Like uh, I will, I don't know, I. I have a tough time with MP5. You know, the robot mode is a bit rubbish, let's be honest. Like, it's not it's not great, but I still kind of love it for what it is, like, in a funny way, but it still has major problems. The gun mode is fantastic. Yeah, well, not to glorify a gun mode, but yeah, it is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a gun nut by any means, but it is, it's a, it's a nice-looking gun mode, for sure. By any means. I like that, the qualification there. I was really good. Well, I don't, I don't really know much about guns, to be fair, but uh, or any of that. But uh, yeah. uh, certainly for me, it's always been uh, even more than MP36. I would say it's a very nice gun mode. Yeah, it's just that robot mode as well. I just remember, like, you could almost see people's faces through the screen when it was first revealed. Like, the amount of people were just very shocked by how how it looked and sort of how because it just looks so awkward, doesn't it? It just completely unrefined compared to like the rest of Masterpiece for, before it. I just felt there was uh, a number of things on that toy that that they got wrong that 
I was surprised that they got wrong. You know, like I was sure the head sculpt could have been better. The head sculpt was uh, a bit janky. Yeah, let's let's be fair. It's not the best representation that we've ever seen. Uh, he, he, you know, even putting cartoon accuracy aside and all of that jazz, it it just wasn't the kind of most glorious head sculpt that you've ever seen. Uh, I think that um, you can see that they started with the gun mode and then tried to work out how to get it into a robot. Uh, clearly 12 days was probably not enough lead time in terms of doing that. Um, but yeah, it was problematic. And then, of course, it was plagued with a number of uh, quite high-profile uh, quality control errors as well. Cosmic rust. The old cosmic oh, rust. That's right. Yeah. yeah, on the feet. Mine had it. Mine had it. Um, that's probably like its most iconic, the most iconic thing about that toy is that QC feature. Like It always comes up as soon as that toy is mentioned. People talk about the rust on its feet. Yeah, it's a very commonly remembered, very unfortunate thing. Um, but also, you know, loose joints as well. I mean, I think, um, you know, there was, there was always a bit of give in the legs and the arms. It had real difficulty standing. Uh, the mm. ankles would give way. It was just a bit of a, it's just a bit of a mess, to be honest. I don't know. I still, in a funny way, have a bit of affection for it, uh, it just because of what it was. And it was still exciting to see a masterpiece Megatron. Uh, but I don't know. It's the one for me now that is probably the most forgotten of the whole masterpiece line. It's just like people just seemingly completely ignore that it even exists somehow. Would it be fair to call it the worst masterpiece so far? I think so, personally. Yeah. I, I For me, it's not even a question that it is. Do you know what I mean? I think it definitely, definitely is. I think the gun mode's great. It's a gun mode. It's oversized. Um, but yeah, I think I don't see how it could be anything else, personally. It's one of the few where you wouldn't say even it's like a question of being a different aesthetic that you just, you know, some people will love and others won't. It's just one where you can really see how little time he had to do it and yeah. where and how that impacted the look of the toy because it just looks so awkward is yeah. probably the politest way you could say it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd never want to be, oh, well, it should have been like the foot should have yeah. gone there or that. I just don't want to get on board with this armchair engineer stuff. No. Because you don't really know what the circumstances were behind the design of that toy, what the maybe budgetary restrictions were, the time restraints, you know, we've joked about it and why they needed to get it out that way and why those decisions were made. There's always reasons. But yeah, I guess just want to be forgotten, I guess. But, you know, it's a nice novel release. I have to admit, it's like I've been occasionally fascinated by it and I nearly bought the gold one just to be able to experience the mold once as the owner. Yeah. I only transformed MP5 once, but it was my friend's MP5. I, I never owned it. I, I, As I say, I had the gold one uh, just because uh, it came up, I think it was on Taobao or somewhere I saw it, and it was so cheap. It was like ridiculous. I mean, it was next to nothing, and it was sealed, and I was just like, i got, I got to have it. <laughs> you know, eventually, I was like, you know, I just kind of got to see what it's about. And um I liked it. I mean, it was the the gold one actually. If anything, I preferred because it didn't have the rust uh, and actually mm. was a little bit more stable. It felt like it was like a, a bit more kind of put together. Maybe they'd fixed a few things with it. Um, I think it was. I had the prototype of the gold one. Oh, did for a you? While. Yeah, that's weird. And that was just a a very terrifying experience all around. You know, something you just you had to transform it. You're like, oh, it's oh, too tight. Yeah, like, oh, there was yeah. there was a ton of them on eBay, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Yeah. I got but I got there... it from Morg. I took some photos for it. Yeah, for, I, I know where Morg got it from. Yeah, there was a, an eBay seller. I think uh, went by the name of Lena, uh, and right. ran a few numbers. Still and, going. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I got lots of like uh, Fall of Cybertron data discs, like uh, yeah. test shots and stuff like that. They had a whole bunch of WFC stuff as well. 
so yeah, th- th- I remember a lot of those Megatron test shots too. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun toy. Uh, of course, there was all the drama with Megatron as well, wasn't there? With plugs and orange plugs and things like that. Right. Uh, even though it was packaged in robot mode, uh, which right. is an interesting one. But uh, yeah, it's still I remember all the drama around getting it shipped and uh, you know, sort of sellers having to put. Uh, things in the barrel and stuff like that to make sure that it was clear that this wasn't an actual firearm. Uh, even though the what firearm... was the story behind it being gold? Uh, was there any sort of backstory? The to Golden that? Lagoon. Yeah, I think. Is uh, that what it was? Okay. I don't even know. Or if was it... it to do with some of the the art on the G1 toy? Was I don't know actually. Gold, didn't it? I don't think it was Golden Lagoon. I've got to be honest. I don't think so. Uh, I wonder if it was. I don't know. Maybe it was even like a man from Uncle thing or something. Maybe it was a nod back there somehow. I don't know. I wondered if it was the the box art. You remember the you actually see the gold G one toy Megatron, didn't you? I wonder if that's because one of the Microman sets you get. Um, sometimes there's a version where the chest piece for the Microman Uncle set Megatron is gold tinted. I've never really honestly known if that was some kind of discoloration or whatever. But it may have just been like a chrome variant. But maybe that was the version that the box art was based on originally so maybe that's got some kind of roots there maybe or it could just quite simply be a james bond thing you know like man with the golden Mm. gun or whatever i don't know um it could be any of those things really so uh but yeah i might just wanted some bling yeah exactly it's it's a very gaudy toy like it's a very uh kind of hideous toy in its way but also kind of nice i don't know like i i definitely prefer it just because it's so out there it's almost like like real like they really went for it with the gold version and in a way, it kind of pushes it through the barrier of being a bit rubbish into the arena of being like so horrific that it's almost kind of cool. I don't know if that sort of resonates, but I just remembered one thing I did really like about MP5 Kremzik. Yeah, that was cool. I did like the Kremzik. Did like the Kremzik. Uh, yeah, I would have happily kept that if I could have done. I've now got the little Kremzik that comes with um, Kiss Player's Auto Rooper instead. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is also fun. But that's naughty Kremzik. Yeah. yeah, he's naughty Kremzik. Yeah, let's not. Let's well, not, not that the other Kremzik was well behaved, Kremzik. No, they're, they're all naughty to some degree, but I know what you mean. There is a distinction there. But maybe let's not get into that for today. Yeah. Uh, the old kids play. MP5 come with, start coming with a few accessories because the early ones had had one or two, hadn't they? But I always associate Megatron as being the yeah, one that tends right. to come with a lot MP1 more. MP1 the orange flavored mace. Uh, yes, that's true. MP1 had. Yeah, the mace actually. It's funny, MP1's accessories. Axe, sorry, MP1 uh, axe. Axe, yeah, axe. yeah, and then yeah. and then Megatron was the mace. Uh, but yeah, it's funny the MP1 accessories. Um, now I was thinking about this recently because MP44, you know, the third masterpiece convoy, um, comes with all of those same bits. It comes with a matrix, comes with the axe, uh, the gun, and it's kind of boring now. Like the axe, I, I don't know. Like there's something a bit almost yeah about it you know whereas actually at the time it was hugely exciting it was like okay right, yeah. this is cool this is like a really iconic scene from the cartoon that you know uh that they're referencing and uh yeah no i, I used to love those little accessories whereas now i don't know doesn't it's not quite as special as once it was maybe no i think virtually everybody would prefer a slightly better figure versus a tray of accessories they never touch. I mean, yeah, Ironhide yeah. and Ratchet just took it to a completely different level, didn't they? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of conversation about 44 Convoy with the trailer because the price was obviously kind of insane. Like, it was a very expensive toy. And mm. you had this trailer with a, an actual kind of bed that falls out the bottom of it, you know, at the back, which is like a tray of accessories. And uh, a lot of stuff in that. 
that people were like, I could just not have that, you know. And and the trailer mm -hmm. had a huge amount of engineering in it as well to do various things, which is fun. Like I got to be honest, I love the trailer design. I think it's exceptionally clever on forty four and like the way that it kind of. Um, you know, you can take off the the kind of uh, combat dick bit and put it on roller and various things. It's all great, but I've only ever done it once, maybe twice. So, yeah. is it worth the entry price? I don't know. It's nicely designed. It's beautiful, but I can totally see why people think I could just do away with all of that and have a much less expensive toy. Um, whereas actually, back in the day, it was different. It was like the accessories felt meaningful somehow. Yeah, because it was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like like with Roller, whenever you see Roller with something now, you just sort of almost filter it out because you're so used to seeing it. Whereas back then, when the first time it came out, it was such an exciting novelty to have it again. And there are so many things like there's so many things like that with the Masterpiece accessories where yeah. you look MP3 at the MP3 stand, MP3's jet mode stand. But th those ones are functional though as well, aren't they? Whereas yeah. like they come now with so many things like, like MP44's Starscream head and things. It's like, who is using that? Like it's... You maybe use it once just for the novelty of using it. And it's like, but then this money could have been used for something else or, you know, I don't know. There's so many things like that with Masterpiece now. And with a lot of like third-party toys as well, they tend to bundle in so much stuff for the sake of it. Do you think Takara's designers and Takara Tomy's designers have like an in-house where's dirge session? So like if you design the next toy and you leave an accessory out, like the internal Facebook, like one dude goes, oh, where's the axe? And then they, they just send them a screenshot to, of the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to mitigate any possible criticism yeah. by including everything possible with the next Where, release. Where's this animation error of Optimus Prime's face? <laughs> I don't know. You say that, but we've still never had one that can turn into an alligator. So what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, Fans Project did that, didn't yeah. they? Oh, actually, I remember. We've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, Chris... Uh, the the does the digi bashes and everything, right? On, uh, Chris on QQ, yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris yeah, QQ, Chris, Chris QQ. That's right. He's added some more cues. <laughs> yes, I love his username by the way. Ch -ch 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 -ch. Uh, how I like it. I always, I always pronounce it as Chris QQ. <laughs> <laughs> Just an absolutely impossible. Is, is it supposed to be the transformation? It sound? is supposed to be, I believe. Yeah, the transformation. I've just sound, got, but yeah. just got that. Well, there you go. Wow, same here. What, what did you think it was? Just ch -ch -ch -ch. just I don't know. Just, just some yeah. random. He really likes trains. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Mas, I know what that's like. <laughs> Maz likes trains, so maybe just yeah. thought, you know, that's that's normal. I don't know. But yeah, he's um he actually did a, a digibash of MP44 and uh he I think I can't remember how he'd done it now, it was a while back, but it was hilarious. He'd put the, the backpack, uh, you know, because MP44 has a lot of people talking about the backpack and it's a fairly sizable backpack. He'd put a picture of the crocodile or alligator megatron whichever it's supposed to be, and uh, and done a digibash and showed that the backpack turned into the alligator and people went nuts and it got picked up. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, thinking this is real. And it got shared and reshared and shared again on different platforms. And he had to kind of say several times, no, no, this was me. I made it. <laughs> like, it's not what real. What a terrorist. It was, it was hilarious. I saw it shared quite a lot, actually, of people being like, oh my God, the backpack is going to turn into the alligator. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant, that stuff. I love it when that happens. Okay, so after Megatron, uh, and again, I think this is something that kind of needs to be put into context a little bit, because we're now, well, with Megatron, you know, we're four years in. Uh, you know, we, we get after that another Masterpiece release. So two new toys in 2007, 
Megatron being one of them. Uh, in September, we get MP6, which is another repaint. It's Skywarp. And I kind of feel like that did was that, um, really fr- Did that come after Ghost Starscream, or did we get Ghost Starscream before Skywarp? Oh, now you're asking. I'll have to check, actually. Uh, and when... then also there was the like the Hasbro version of Starscream as well, wasn't there, in like the show colors, that, the G1 yeah. toy so, colors? So Ghost Starscream was much later. Ghost Starscream was right, 2010. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to remind myself. And I think the Walmart Starscream, the Hasbro one, was later as well. Um, I think that came later, but yes, yeah, certainly Ghost Starstream. A lot, a lot of the uh, interestingly, a lot of the uh, kind of repaints and all the special editions and all of that come much after you might expect. Right. Uh, you know, I think that certainly in my mind as well. Before I kind of you know refresh my memory on it, uh, I remember thinking, oh yeah, they were all kind of happening concurrently, much as it does now. You know, you kind of feel like, yeah, it, you know, they're all kind of when's the repaint happening. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, so I just looked it up. Actually, the the yeah, two thousand seven was the Walmart Star Scream as well, released as part of Classics. And so, then there was a Japanese release of the US colors there was. of that Star Scream, wasn't there? Without the sort of afterburner USA edition, wasn't it? Right, yeah, without yeah. the sort of weathering on the it still the Jetson. It still had weathering. I've had both of them actually, the the USA one and the USA edition in the Takara release. I've had both of them, and yes, they are slightly different. The weathering, um, but not stunningly different. And uh, actually, one of them, I forget which offhand, has a Decepticon symbol on the nose as well. I think it might be the Takara one, but I'd need to double check mm. to confirm. Both the wrong color as well. They're both white rather than gray. Uh, they're kind of. That's right. It was yeah. really white, wasn't they're, they're it? That's what white, they started yeah. doing. Kind of gray. Classic Starscream was li- gray, and then when they did the the G one styled one, they did it white instead. And it was mm. like this phase of time where they kept portraying G one Starscream as white instead of gray. I guess it always antagonized me for some reason. It was, it was a very very light gray, certainly. But yeah, it might be more kind of off white or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. it was definitely yeah. It was, it was like an off white, but um, one of them was quite bright. But yeah, yeah very far away right. from the quite because Starscream G one Starscream is like a very dull gray isn't he no that's true that's true yeah thinking about it i suppose the later toys are a bit darker uh yeah i remember the weathering was a bit off-putting for a lot of people uh actually on that that one i remember that um reading about it online when it was released uh, a lot of people didn't like the weathering because they kind of oh we've waited so long to get it in cartoon colors and now it's here and it's got this stupid weathering on it was all well, how did people feel stuff. about the the battle damage and the shortened smokestacks on the Hasbro MP1? They were equally annoyed about that, weren't they? Uh, there was a lot of annoyance about that, yeah, uh, as I recall. I mean, it's Transformers, so of course there's annoyance about this stuff, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the, that was um, that was one that I remember thinking, uh, not so much the snow, the smokestacks actually, but the the battle damage. I remember thinking, oh yeah, I could have done without that, but it's fine, you know, it's it's okay. Uh, particularly as it kind of referenced the movie or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with his little spear damage in his side, uh, but yeah, then so yeah, actually, the Walmart was 2007, MP6 Skywalk Takara was uh, 2007, uh, so both right. released almost at the same time. Uh, Skywalk actually one was one for me that I was super excited about. Love that toy, uh, absolutely brilliant. I remember getting it for the first time, and it was the first toy uh, of mine that my wife broke. Hopefully the last. <laughs> she was super paranoid about it. It wasn't her fault. She didn't say the only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say that. I don't think... Has she broken anything since? I, I how many have you off. broken? How many oh, have you broken? More than her, certainly. Definitely more than <laughs> well, her. There you go. I, I, believe me, I'm not being dictated. Still looks the mass. I was, I was <laughs> totally fine about it. Like She was mortified. She was like gutted. She knocked it and it went off um, the side of the table. 
Uh, and it was the it was only a tiny bit of a break, but it was you know the it's common on those seekers, you know the the, the rear fins. I've got yes. those little nubs mm. that kind of stick out the end, and they're super mm. fragile. And one of them broke off. Um, but yeah, it was it was her knocking it off the table. But I actually didn't mind at all. I was like, she was mortified and like apologizing and all of this. And I was like, don't worry about it. We weren't we weren't you know we had been together a little while at that stage, but uh, but weren't married at that point. And uh, but I was really not. Not worried. I still married her, so you know it can't have been that big a deal. And then, of course, that led to Argos Warp, didn't it? The Argos Hasbro version of Skywarp that ended up yeah. super cheap. And I remember I had I, that one. That's the one I bought it for twenty pounds, nineteen pounds ninety nine from Argos. Unthinkable. That's incredible. What a price! But I remember being quite fascinated with how the uh, Takara version did Skywarp because obviously it, it wouldn't have had all the bells and whistles of the cartoon version. No no chance of purple you know shoulders and purple hands the way you get now on on the new skywarps that we yeah we get in various lines to the point where when we got the robot masters skywarp and thundercracker two pack it was just a what cartoon colors thundercracker yeah it was like that level of amazement that we should even receive a toy like that but yeah, I remember being fascinated by how they did those those colors, like try to distinguish it from Starscream, but still make it kind of realistic as a jet, but very obviously Skywarp. I, I, it's I, fascinating, just on just on the Thundercracker colors bit, just quickly, is how that's changed now. Like for years, it was people like every time the toy colors came out, they're like, oh, I want the cartoon. And now because it's always the cartoon, everyone's like, oh, I want the toy colors again. And it's, yeah. it's funny how that's Fashion, flipped. isn't it? Yeah, Sorry. it goes back and forth. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Just careful, careful what you ask for, because, mm. you know, I really love just get the, it again forever. <laughs> yeah. But that you know, the toy colours on G1 Thundercracker are pretty much unmatched. They're so, so dreamy that uh yeah, it would be sad to think we'd never get a Thundercracker in that colour again. Yeah. I do like the Lenore blue though of the cartoon. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a nice thing on its own too. Yeah. The the um MP seven Thundercracker is a really weird colour actually. It's very dark. Um I kinda like it, but it's not Again, it's a bit like Starscream. It doesn't really match to anything. I think it's it was a an attempt to do like a real world thing, um, in its own way, uh, but just kind of make it distinct, as you said, Maz. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting color. I don't know if it was entirely successful. The Skywarp, though, I do really like. But the the one you had, Liam, the Hasbro one, was quite different, wasn't it? It had purple stripes and things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was it. Was so different, like um, I'd seen it, but not really picked up on how different it was until I. Got it off the conveyor belt at Argos and was looking at it and was like, huh, it's just very, very different. But I remember to me, it felt really flimsy compared to the, I don't know if it was just the one I had, but compared compared to the Takara one, it felt so different in hand. Yeah, that's interesting. 20 quid. Though. I find a lot of broken ones as well, actually. I'm yeah. pretty sure mine was busted. I just remember that, like the, some of the plastic on in some of the parts felt really, like that really soft plastic. And I don't remember that from the Takara one. It could have been the same. It's just remember at the time it was a little bit later and picking up on me i wasn't a big fan of it was i was uh well i guess it, yeah, yeah different plastic makes such a difference doesn't it ultimately although i was surprised to read recently actually that a lot of people had breakage issues with mp3 yeah i, I never did and i remember being surprised about that too yeah it there was a lot there think. was a lot of things about mp3 i really liked mm. which in hindsight i like even more now like the shoulder parts, you remember those uh, on the swivel? Yeah, the little nozzles. His... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, they were the green parts, just on the outside of the red shoulders that of the vents that you just sort of swiveled upwards. You wouldn't dream of having anything like that on a masterpiece level toy today. That 
obviously inaccurate, but just I guess it counts as kibble, but also like the real life bombs that it had, yeah. proper proper rockets that it was carrying. Still to this day, I love that Hasbro was still issuing those with Sunstorm and Thundercracker of the MP11 mold. Yeah, to the point where I would keep them when I sold my Hasbro ones, so that I could stick them on the Takara versions that I had that weren't coming with them anymore. That kind of stuff I loved about MP3. It's funny how much hangover there was from MP3 to 11, actually. Because, I mean, even to the point now where, you know, they're doing the new Starscream and they're calling it version 2 because, you know, they clearly kind of uh, don't view MP3 and MP11 as two different versions. You know, they kind of see it as, as just a, a simple retool, if you will. Or, or maybe the kind of almost like MP11 is just the prototype version of MP3, isn't it? It's kind of mm-hmm. what they would have released in the first place. Uh, so well, that's really weird. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's um, I think what actually is fascinating for me is that I saw the new um, Masterpiece Starscream still comes with the opening nose cone, you know, the little thing inside right. the nose cone. Um, Does it still come with Dr. Archerville? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's it's just funny. I mean, obviously, it's done away with all of the other stuff. But yeah, it, it felt like really weird how the MP11 mold was still coming with those bombs uh, you know, the Hasbro version still came with the stands. Uh, and it, it very much did feel like a kind of rehashed release in a lot of ways, even though it's still exciting to begin with. Uh, although MP11, I feel, is one of the designs in Masterpiece that is dated the worst. Yeah. I know we're not I definitely agree with that. I know we're not talking about MP11 specifically today, but in a way, I feel like MP3, that version has sort of, I don't know, it's almost lasted the test of time a bit better vintage masterpiece yeah yeah it's kind of if anything now i would rather have mp3 than mp11 yeah it's funny because like i was saying before how i didn't like the hip kibble and stuff like that but when maz mentioned the nozzles it reminded me how like the mp3 box where starscream is sort of like it looks like he's diving slightly as a robot and i remember how dynamic that looks and like with the kibble and the the little nozzles and all that stuff, it, mm. it there's like this feeling of motion and stuff's happening, and I never ever got that impression from MP11, despite gravitating toward that version of it. Those toys don't feel dynamic at all, even though it is more or less the same mold. Do I what? love that the new Starscream is packaged in jet mode. I love that. Mm, I like it. that because I remember opening the MP3 box and being totally wowed, and those really cool military style stickers it came with as well. It just added to the feel of this is a real life jet but it's also G1 Starscream. It's a wonderful amalgamation of things, and I think that's a really big thing about early Masterpiece, yeah. amalgamation of influences. Well, it even had a Beast Wars influence. It had little Waspinator stickers in there and everything. Oh, it did? Yeah. And I would I would have completely missed that significance the whole mm-hmm. time I owned that toy. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really cool. That was the first uh, Beast Wars nod in the Masterpiece line, I think. Uh, but yeah, all the way back in, you know, what was it, 2006? Uh, so, which is kind of incredible, uh, but yeah, and, and actually thinking about it, there are things that MP3 did that I think were definitely superior to 11. I mean, for one thing, it had ankle tilt of sorts. Yes, um, that's right. Which MP11 I think it was the first toy I had with a proper ankle tilt, even more so than MP1 had. Really, MP1 had ankle tilt though, but it wasn't so dynamic, was it? It was like mm, to a right. point, to a point. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually don't find MP1 all that poseable. No, MP3 was the first toy I ever owned that could actually hold the proper like Studio Ox anime style Transformers poses. Like you had the 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 waist slightly forward 
and then the legs could be angled backwards to give it a real power stance. It was the first toy I ever owned that could pull off that pose successfully. And I remember getting um, so happy that it looked so real in that respect. Do you think that was uh, Shoji Kawamori? I don't know, but I mean, he is Mr. Macross and Mr. Jetformer designer, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had something to do with that because it's actually quite hard to achieve that on MP11. Well, it's exactly. A lot easier to, yeah, yeah I, I don't think it was there on the on the original Kobayashi prototype, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was uh, Kawamori's influence. You know that they, that he wanted it to kind of stand and pose a bit more like a Macross toy or whatever. But uh, it strikes me that's probably the case because uh, yeah, MP1 is great but it's not a posing toy at all. Like I think if you try and put that toy into any kind of stance, it it doesn't really work. Hmm. Yeah. Normally the knees give way first. That sort of falls backwards. Yeah, it does. And yeah. And again, the, the, the feet don't really angle at the right thing and all of that. So, um, but yeah, Yeah. I, I loved the original secret trio, you know, six and seven as well. I loved having all three of them. I love the, the Walmart version. I love the ghost version. Uh, the ghost version I still have actually. That's the only one I'd, I still I'd have. I'd love to have that. I'd love to own that toy. That I kind of reasoned that that was a nice one to keep. You know, of I was sad to see them go, like the 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 original trio. More sad than seeing it the MP11 lot go, to be honest. Um, but I, I did think I've got to keep the, the ghost one, uh, just because it's so so nice. Just as a little standalone of a of a bygone era. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Hasn't crumbled to dust yet. No. I reckon it'll make a comeback, that that whole era of Masterpiece. I think it kind of has... It has in my affections anyway. Like I'd love an MP4 to go along with the few vinyl texts that I have now. Yeah. I still haven't actually uh, got my MP4 trailer out and and given it a good once-over with the the vinyl text. I must do that at some point because I'd love to see it again. Uh, Because the the trailer is designed to fit a vinyl tech, isn't it? Uh, I'd love to just mess with that and do it. Yeah, you can get one of, the, one of the cars in there. MP10 really kind of popularized that whole, ah, he's in Prime's trailer, you know, all of that kind of malarkey. Yeah, of course. But you could do it with MP4 and a vinyl tech before that, which I think is kind of cool. Um, that is like the masterpiece stock photo, isn't it? The car's rolling yeah, out of that yeah. trailer. And the handshake. Don't forget the handshake. <laughs> the handshake. Got to get the handshake. Uh, and then um, I was going to say, do you know what we, we haven't mentioned tonight? Talking about MP4 and all its repaints. Uh, I think actually, Liam, you mentioned it briefly earlier. I think maybe the, the sleep mode one. Uh, is oh, the dead one. Yeah, the old dead the first, sleep mode. The first dead prime. Yeah, uh, that's you... the first one, isn't it? And it's like the first time they started referring to it as sleep mode. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Have either of you guys and just corpse? Have you, have you seen it in hand? No, never have. No, it's really weird. I've got it. It's it's a lovely, lovely toy, uh, beautiful, but not actually black or grey or anything. It's like a very, very dark red and blue. Uh, it's weird color. Um, it's almost imperceptible. Like you could be forgiven for thinking it is black, um, you know, from photos and everything. I must do some more photos of it at some point. Um, but yeah, really, really nice version. And then with a with a clear trailer. Hang on, I have a question, and this might be my mind playing tricks on me. Did we ever get a black version of MP1? Yes, we did. Yeah, MP1B. Um, and it was an Autobot, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. It was one. Of, yeah. It was. It was two thousand nine. So it was post um jafcon and all of that but it was still right. in the kind of era where a lot of black convoys were autobots it was it was mm. well it was post scourge and rid and car robots and all of that but still the best black convoy yeah but still um you hadn't yet kind of reached the era 
I think I think actually MP ten B, the second Black Convoy masterpiece, was probably the one that kind of popularized Black Convoys being Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Because that that release was much more kind of popular and and every, you know a lot of people had that. Uh, whereas the yeah the first one MP one B um, yeah Autobot, which I really like actually. Liam, did you want to say something about Dead Primes? Oh no, yeah, I was just going to say like um, do either of you understand what the appeal is because it's now become a thing, hasn't it? With what Dead Primes, Dead Primes, yeah, yeah, they keep making a a toy of a corpse and people keep buying it and I I don't get. Like it's one of those things where I understand variants and different paint jobs and iterations of characters, but a dead character, I don't get it as an action figure. That's the bit I can't. I think that's where my brain sort of stops. Is I still Ghost Starscream's technically dead, isn't he? Yeah, but it, well, yeah, but he's still better, doing stuff. He's not just lying on the slab with his face looking. You know, it was either gonna, it was either going to be in fairness, Ghost Starscream, or they were going to do a little pile of powder Starscream, and that would have been right. A, you know, <laughs> His his corpse, but uh, just sprinkle it on Galvatron's shoe. Yeah, exactly, just on the underneath. No, it is a bit of a weird one. The old dead body thing. Um, I, I remember being a bit kind of uh, when they did it for Masterpiece. In a way, for me, it's even more weird that they did it for um, Generations because yeah. it, it's a it's a child orientated line ultimately. Uh, although there are a lot of collectors yeah. and everything that are into it, of course. But it's scene recreation, isn't it? It's the ability to be able to recreate yeah. as many scenes from beloved media as possible. And Definitely. You can't recreate that scene. Most of us can't because we don't own the sleep convoy. Mm. So that generation's release of it would have been most people's way to recreate that scene. Can you imagine, though, fans of like the never ending story buying toys of the dead horse like covered in mud? It's like, I just. That's the sort of thing I can't get my head around. It's I mean, like, when you put it that spoilers. way. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. But that's it. Like, just imagine like buying dead bodies of fictional characters. It's so weird to me. And then they also killed off his trailer. Like They've like said, oh, his trailer's dead now. And Roller. Because they include all that nonsense as well. Uh, has there been any other dead Transformers? I mean, Jazz, actually, the MPM masterpiece Jazz, uh, movie Jazz, you can split it in two. And it comes with a little death feature. You know, you can put the spine in. Uh, you can actually you, it's actually got a little button that you press and the two the two parts just split apart. Um, it's so grim though that you can put the spine in. That that that's like That's the only other one I can it. think of though. I can't think of any other um you know other than what is it the generation selects prime sleep convoy and the jazz. I can't think of any other dead unicorn's bodies. dead head. I guess that is yeah. one, isn't it? I guess you're right. Yeah, that is that is kind of his dead body as well. That's really weird. Not thought of it that way. Uh, I'm like just thinking like you could get Prowl with like a spark mark feature of his mouth, you know, just like flames just keep popping out. Good Lord. <laughs> Sound like you're into it now. Yeah, I'm all about death now. I keep thinking like, come on, Hasbro, make me like Marvel Legends of dead Tony Stark. You know, give me these things. There's going to be a room full of dead toys. I, I mean, I'd be amazed if <laughs> the there isn't. cemetery collection. <laughs> I'd be amazed if there isn't like a zombie, zombie Tony Stark. There must be zombie <laughs> Marvel characters, no? Yeah, there's loads of zombie ones, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I suppose technically undead, but it, How, it's not don't a we, Don't you get a zombie head with MP Convoy, the most recent version, like a, a Dark Awakening version head? Uh, not specifically, no, no, not Dark Awakening. Uh, you don't, no. Uh, you get a, a battle damage one uh, just from the movie, uh, but not with the little eye or whatever. There's your gap for the next release. 
yeah. that's what's missing. I've been saying it all along that a, a zombie prime would be really something to see in, in masterpiece form. I think, you know, just just do it. Why not? It's, it's, oh, you see what? As long as we get like a zombie roller as well and like a zombie trailer, you know, just go the whole way. <laughs> oh my God, you imagine the trailer. It's like the zombie and it's just like little blood streaks from rollers wheels all over the, <laughs> the blood spatter of the walls. Nebulon blood splatter. That's what it could be. It's a real niche in your collecting preferences here, Liam. <laughs> Dead characters, no. Undead characters, great. Like you're all up, you're all up for that. Look, they're all you know. Undead creatures need love too. I bet you'd be well into. I don't know the, the name of the character, but if there was a Jurassic Park like toilet accessory with the legs of that dude sat on the toilet, you know, from the T Rex scene, you'd be into that, right? Do you know how many times I've dreamed of being able to recreate that scene in a photo? There we go. I've I've tried everything. I almost bought that Ghostbusters toilet the other day specifically because <laughs> I was thinking I could do this. And they've started doing this with the toys now, with the Jurassic Park toys. They've done like a Samuel L. Jackson with his arm that can get ripped off. And it's it's like Grim. this close to being able to have like a warrior. I almost bought that Ghostbusters toilet toy the other day. There's the little yeah. wheelie toilet that's You've coming out. It, There's yeah. the little third-party wheelie toilet. Get that. <laughs> what? Yeah. We- wheelie's throne. There's a there's a wheelie throne, yeah, for the for the um studio series wheelie, because he can't stand up. So, so <laughs> some third party company or other, I don't know who, has made a little toilet for it. <laughs> now that I've gotten rid of that toy, I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. It is it's hilarious. I keep laughing that it's been done. Um but there was a little transforming toilet as well, wasn't there, that someone made? Yes. Yeah, was it like TFC or someone? It was a third party, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I don't know who, but it was third party, it, yeah, of course. But yeah, it just it never ceases to amaze me, like the lengths like collectors and toy companies go to to like just get every corner of every market, and it just fascinates me this whole obsession with this dead body of Optimus Prime. I get you. Although I did quite like that Hasbro. I don't know if you saw what they called it. It's alternate universe. Yes, Optimus Prime, and you're like. The one where he's dead. <laughs> Basically, that's it. It's just this one universe where he's died. He's like, that's pretty much every universe of Transformers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's like um, the Galvatron shoulder thing where they misassembled them and they referred to it as an alternate shoulder configuration. Yeah, that's just it now for, for everything. Alternate. Well, this is a universe where wrong is alternate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's alternate, alternate facts. facts. Yes. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Somehow, I'm going to link that back to Grimlock, uh, which was the next Masterpiece release, of course, uh, which was quite an exciting one, actually. That was 2009. Can you believe that? Um, wow. Which actually, I was going to say... Yes, yeah, so I can, actually. I got married 2000, in 2010, yeah. and MP Grimlock was one of my wedding presents from somebody. Was it? Did you register? Yes, I had a call. I didn't, actually. No, not that. <laughs> not for Grimlock. <laughs> Grimlock wasn't on the list. No. Did you register Did at BigBadToyStore.com? <laughs> I don't imagine that'd be funny. Uh, yeah, Grimlock was a really exciting one. I don't know, 2009 to me sounds like so long ago, but also quite recent. It's quite, a, mm. it's a, it, that whole the kind of 2010 era, really weird time uh, in terms of how, you know, feeling how long ago it was. Uh, but yeah, Grimlock is an amazing toy. That was a, a revelation. Still MP. stands up. Yeah, it does. In every way. 
Yeah, yeah MP8 is still an absolute revelation. I think if it wasn't for its size relative to the other masterpiece toys around it, it just wouldn't need redoing. It's, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, I agree with that. It was the size that really kind of killed it. I don't know why they made it as small as they did, actually. And I know we've already talked about scale. I think the only uh, scale, at this point anyway, the only items that scaled in the Masterpiece line was MP5 to you know designed to fit with MP1, wasn't it? So I guess in that respect, there was no real precedent for MP8 to have any kind of particular size or anything. But it is still baffling that it was as small as it was because... I mean, it is pretty tiny, actually, even in comparison to stuff like Starscream. Uh, you know, it doesn't scale with anything. It's just its real own one-off piece. But, it's even shorter than MP10, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't no. even scale it can't be, with, can it? with the new stuff. Yeah, it's shorter than MP10. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because you, you say that, but he's the only one I really struggle with for space on the shelf. Him and MP Ultra Magnus with those yeah, it's, the that, pan. it's the opening wings in yeah. robot mode, it, and then it's the whole the, the dinosaur. In, but he didn't need that tail gimmick, did he? No, no. The that gimmicks, was, uh, the gimmicks actually are. Uh, yeah, I would say if anything, do detract a little bit. The the tail gimmick, I could have happily not had. Yeah, um, and the light I, up hand. Yes, the light up hand. Is yeah, a, uh, that's yeah. gone on. Yeah. But the eye change is cool. Yeah, the eye change is cool because it's simple and it doesn't mm. take away from anything. the The hand gimmick is not cool because there's no articulation in the hand and it's mm-hmm. and it breaks very easy uh, yeah. does it it's never broken on me actually for me uh, actually. yeah mine, mine broke straight away oh, that's annoying i don't know how it just stopped working uh but yeah i, I didn't like the fact that the hand was molded into a a closed fist with the mm-hmm. with the peg hole uh-huh. that kind of felt a bit um just like not befitting that type of release uh, and, and you don't need light-up gimmicks on these. I mean, the, don't get me wrong, the light-up gimmick on MP1 is expressly cool, but they kind of need to fit. Like, again, and with that one, it didn't take away from anything. It added to it, whereas it felt like the light-up sword didn't even work that well to begin with for Grimlock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the tail gimmick is just a bit naff, in my opinion. But then he comes with an apron and a drinks tray and a bow tie, and you forget all of the negatives. Yeah, those, those, that stuff is cool. I just and the Grimlock's new brain dome for 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 the head. I just those accessories stop me from being able to sell that toy, and it's uh, it's just such a brilliant looking Grimlock. And yeah. I think it was the first time it was the most toy accurate I'd ever seen a Transformer at that point. Oh, sorry, show accurate. Show it's the most yeah, show yeah, yeah. accurate toy I'd seen ever when I got that Grimlock, and I was just beyond impressed because I had no interest in owning that. And then I got it as a present. I was like, this is a legitimately amazing figure. Mm. And so simple to transform as well. Those toy details though as well, doesn't it? It's like, it's show accurate. It's that masterpiece style where it's show accurate, but it still has all the toy details. It's like the best realization of all of these features. I think it's the pinnacle of the concept in a way, isn't it? Perfect. All of it merged into one. Yeah. And also lovely to handle. I think actually uh, Grimlock actually in that way is really... uh, kind of a watershed release because it's obviously we're kind of coming on to the the mp10 uh you know reboot if you will but actually these two releases mp8 and mp9 especially really inform what's going to come and Mm. i think grimlock in its way was the first of all of the masterpiece designs bearing in mind that it's only actually what you've got convoy the seeker mold megatron and grimlock so it's only the fourth Fourth one fourth new mold at that stage, but it's the only one that really kind of, you can see that toy influence very clearly. You can see a bit of the comic influence. And of course they did the comic repaint as well. Uh, King Grimlock. 
uh, and you can clearly see the cartoon kind of coming in. It's the only one that really kind of amalgamates all of those things into one package. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, was the template for MP10. So I do kind of feel like actually that although MP8 was made obsolete in a way by MP10, the the, mm-hmm. the the template for it, the DNA of MP10 is is there. It's where the idea proof of concept is exactly. That's exactly. the proof yes. of concept. Yeah, I think so. Very much so. Um, so there's there's a lot to be said about MP8 even now. Uh, it is just too small. But I think you're right, Maz. I think if it was bigger, even a bit, it would have survived a lot longer in a lot of people's collections. Well, I think that's why Fans Toys Grinder really didn't have to do very much at all. Yeah to be a big hit and it doesn't do that much more it's just like a simple refinement of various bits and pieces and it's a you know a great size because it's not as big as the oversized third party yeah. grimlock which was huge that was big. but awesome yeah but just too big in a way but incredible to behold honestly i, I was so impressed by that thing but then grinder did it absolutely at the right size yeah i love I grinder that's, that's I love Grinder. I've got a lot of time for Fans Toys Grinder. It's the one of um, few third-party toys that has usurped an official toy in my collection, just but on the basis of size and everything. But I think that and Stomp are the two best figures they made, in my opinion. I think they were so nice to handle, and it was like you couldn't have done a better job with these. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, uh, did you ever have the the King Grimlock? Either of you? Never did. No. I didn't it's really amazing know. box. Yes, yeah, the box, box is so cool. Box. The box is so it's... cool. I, I was more sad to see that go actually when I sold that guy than I was the the original MP8 because I love that King Grim, King Grimlock toy. Because uh, it's something different, isn't it? As well, yeah, it's not quite the same. Like all, like even the third party masters, everything is still going for that definitive Grimlock, aren't they? Whereas, yeah, when something's slightly different, uh, and I do think that they had. That I mean, they clearly had that toy in mind, you know, the comic influence in mind when they were designing Grimlock as well as the cartoon. Uh, I mean, actually, King Grimlock, King Grimlock, why can I not say that? King Grimlock was only released one month after um, uh, MP, not one month, actually, no, what was it? Uh, but it was the same year as MP8. Hmm. Uh, how long was it? I have to check. I think it was like six or seven or eight months later or something, but it was the same year, hmm. um, certainly. So, which makes me think that they must have had it in mind when they were designing it. It can't have been right. like, just at the last minute, like, oh, let's just chuck out a, a comic repaint as well. That's the point. Do you think people are less likely to buy a repaint of a figure if it comes out really soon after the original figure? And could that explain maybe why most people wouldn't have bought MP8X and then it sort of like becomes a little bit scarce in the subsequent years? I don't know. But equally, there's a bit of striking whilst the iron's hot as well, isn't there? Because right. uh, people get familiar with designs and whatever. I mean, I, I don't know, like for years, people wanted a black iron hide. And I kind of feel mm. like if they released it now, people might be like, hmm, do you know what I mean? Like yes, it's, it's you're done. right, actually. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's a really difficult one. Or deep cover, something like deep cover that, you know, for years, it was like, when are they going to do masterpiece deep cover from side so I think by now it's getting to the point where people will look at masterpiece side swipe and say, it's time they did a new one. I think that is how what yeah, I think yeah, that, it's, it's closer to that. Yeah, but um, I was going to say about King Grimlock. Doesn't one version of it come with like a cardboard throne? Uh, it does. Yeah, I've got it. Actually, still got the throne. Um, it's not actually cardboard. It's kind of um, it's not it's not cardboard. It's kind of like a plasticky material. Um, oh, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know actually what you would call it. I'm not I'm not an expert with that kind of stuff. But um, it's it's two pieces and it kind of one sits on top of the other. So it's it's not it's not a hard material, but it it is slightly pliable. 
Um, but yeah, it's a cool thing. Looks really good. Um, but you, was it that one, the second one that came with a flame effect for the sword? One of them, they put that in with one of them, didn't they? Uh, they did, I think. There's like an exclusive. Surely that's the King Grimlock that comes with that. Yeah, but I, I thought it was like the second release of it, unless I'm wrong. Mm, I must, I'm probably Isn't wrong. Isn't that the I same just... one that comes with the throne? Like the throne didn't come with all yeah, of them, did it? I think that's the one I'm thinking of. I'm, yeah, there was one something. I seeing, like an exclusive the, flame there effect. There was something. Yeah, and the, and the throne was an exclusive or something as well. It was like a particular release. Um, and wasn't was it Fans Toy Scoria that came with the boots? Yes, for MP Grimlock. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a funny old time, wasn't it? Because yeah. Scoria, you know, was amazing. Really, I mean, when it first came out, I remember because yeah, they'd really done was. they'd done Quake Wave. Which was, I mean, very impressive, like a real mm-hmm. gateway drug for a lot of people to third party. But yeah, for my, my, myself included. Yeah, for my money, it was Scoria that kind of broke the internet. Actually, it was mm. it was the first um, third party figure designed to replicate that masterpiece look. It was mm. the first one that was des- it was you know legitimately supposed to sit alongside your masterpiece collection. Whereas I think Quake Wave was. I'm sure done with a bit of that in mind, but it was a bit more kind of by happenstance, if anything. Uh, mm. Whereas, yeah, I think Scoria was the one where it was like, oh, wow, like they're actually going to do this, like another Dinobot. That's incredible. Uh, and it looked amazing as well. Um, but yes, it came with the boots for Grimlock, which was kind of silly. Uh, hard to imagine that being a solution that people would be happy with now. Mm. Worked at the time. It did. Even ha- they turned into the backpack for him as well, didn't they? In for, Dino mode, yeah, they did. I'd forgotten that, and they had a, like a little bit that pulled out of the toe almost as like a blaster, um, which was kind of weird. Um, I don't know. It, it did kind of work. You had to squint a little bit, I think, and Grimlock still did look a little bit awkward. Um, hmm. But I don't know. It, it, his moon boots, yeah, his little little shoes, platform shoes, his new rocks, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's amazing how well it worked actually for the longest time. Um, I remember thinking, yeah, I'm happy with this. Like, I, I don't need another Grimlock toy. Uh, you know, when they when they were talking about doing Grinder, um, I can see why they they didn't want to do it initially, uh, and I can see why because actually I was really happy with it. And then when they did Grinder, I was like, of course this is better. Um, it's quite funny. Can we just talk about how great the transformation was though on MP on, Grimlock? Um, yeah, and oh, how just... simple it is as well. Like. The legs and the tail, that's just genius. Absolute it's genius. So G1 toy though, isn't it? As well. There's yeah. so much of that. The way the whole chest folds out. But it's like the one masterpiece that is so simple mm-hmm. to go through. It is really simple, isn't it? Yeah. Arguably grinder. And a real pleasure. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah. it's clever in like the way the tail folds into the legs. Yes, it just that's has just, a that's few just little the cleverest clever... thing yeah. I'd seen at the time. I think that is the first proper masterpiece moment for me. It was just that was just like you, you pulled that off and thought, that's amazing. That That is, you know, artists at work. They're totally flexing what they're capable of yeah. in toy design. What I liked about it was that it didn't do more than it needed to. You know, it was that, right. it was that Takara Tomi, and I do think that they've really kind of weaponized this a little bit or bottled it over the years. They're very good at chucking in a load of uh, engineering, a load of clever design into something, but making it simple in your hands, you know? So actually it is very clever and it it's not just that they, it was an easy thing for them to design, I'm sure, but they, they have a way of making it appear effortless, you know? 
but but yeah. you, it's a little bit like that kind of swan thing, isn't it? If you know that there is probably paddling very hard under the water, but you see this kind of graceful uh, thing on 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 the on the surface, uh, and I feel a little yeah. bit like when masterpiece does things well, it's like that because it, it it's effortless in your hand. It's just so wonderful to kind of behold, but it's it, it's intrinsic, intrinsically very clever in the way that it's designed. And Grimlock does that for me. So that, in a way, is the most evident growing up of the original Transformers concept that I can imagine on a technical level. It's simple to transform, but you can appreciate the complexity that is taking place in order to make two modes look the way they do and accomplish the aesthetic they have to, but it's still pleasurable, which is the the grown-up feeling of playing with G1 toys, in my opinion. Yeah, it is just like an evolution of the toy, that vintage toy, isn't it? And the the idea behind it. And I think we get so muddied now with people looking at complexity as how engineering should be rather than when something does something simple. That is like the the best example of what engineering should be. It does it well and you don't really notice it because it's done that well. That's that's that whole tail section. I think that's probably one of the best things I've seen in Masterpiece is how simple and elegantly that's dealt with. Right. There aren't like panels or anything like that that fold around. There's nothing complex. It's just done in seconds. It's it's a very different toy to what you get in Masterpiece today, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I say that as someone that loves the current Masterpiece toys, and and you know, still do. I, I actually think that stuff like MP44 Convoy and all of that. I think I personally really enjoy transforming them. I can also understand why people don't. But I, 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 I wish I could afford it to be able to experience yeah, it. To be yeah, honest, it's, it's and, and I feel like that's the maybe the bit I'm most sore about that there is these wonderful Transformers experiences that are simply priced out of. Yeah, it's a barrier now, isn't it? Yeah, I could never imagine paying what, is it MP44? Yeah. Convoy. Yeah. What that goes for, I just couldn't imagine. But I imagine there's so many wicked moments in that that uh, many of us won't experience. Whereas with Grimlock, and also with Grimlock coming out multiple times in Hasbro packaging, a lot of people could have experienced that and they could have enjoyed it. It's, Which is nice. It's another one that I think a lot of kids had as well, actually, because right. of the Hasbro packaging yeah. and all of that. I think it was a real, uh, and it and it probably could be appreciated, you know, on that, you know, by kids as well. I mean, it's the kind of thing. If I still had it, um, I'm sure my boy would would love it. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, it was a little bit blink and miss it the first time round, wasn't it? The first um, Toys R Us Grimlock was mm-hmm. actually quite a toughie, and then of course they did it again with the MP11 Sunstorm kind of era release. Uh, with a weird greenish sort of tinge to the chest, I think it had. Oh, was it and, different uh, that's, color? Yeah, it's yeah, different color slightly, it's, and it's slightly, far more affordable it's like now. Transparent green, wasn't it? Hmm, right. Oh. But um, like the first one, I remember mountains of that at my local Toys R Us, like the first release. And then one day they were just all gone. Right. And then the price of it was just skyrocket. Now you can pick it that's up right. really cheaply. But... Yeah, because of the second release. Yeah. But yeah, I'm assuming the second release would that have been to coincide with one of the movies or some some sort? Uh, I don't know. The second one was 2014. Was, is that around the time of, is it Age of Extinction? When's that, where's that? I don't know. I just remember it was out at the same time as the second, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the second Hasbro MP11 Sunstorm. It's got that same packaging that yes. they started yeah. doing for the Hasbro Masterpieces. Oh, yeah, and they yeah, started, started with Acid Storm and Soundwave, didn't they? They, they started renumbering, yeah. the, the, the renumbering them as yeah. well, weren't they? Because Acid Storm was MP1. MP01. Mm, yeah. There you go, Liam. It was MP01. <laughs> there we go. See, MP Oreo tail spin, Oreo tail spin. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why I keep saying O. 
I've still no uh, idea what you're talking about, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Tailspin was a popular children's cartoon back in the day. Ah, right, yeah, okay. No, so I think I think you're right. I think Grimlock was a real kind of growing yeah. up moment for the line, a real kind of um, uh, just well, even now, just a, a great toy. I think you know you could give that to someone now, and I think they would enjoy it. But yeah, the gimmicks can confirm. The, can the, confirm. Well, did you give it to someone? Yeah, my daughter loves it. Oh, nice. It's uh, it's just perfect for play. It's, it's a just, toy, isn't it? That yeah. is really a toy. Wicked way no other dinosaur mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those yeah. teeth, chrome dinosaur arms, just fantastic. Really good looking toy. I would, so, um, something that about it that when I got the Studio Series eighty six Grimlock, so much uh, easier to transform. Re- you know, really cool robot mode. She still far prefers MP eight. Mm. It's like, no, nah, let, let's keep that one. You know, that one's better. And then, of course, we come on to what I think is one of the best masterpiece toys. I'm just going to put it out there. A lot agree. of people, a lot of people Completely will agree. disagree. Pinnacle. It, it's pinnacle. It's amazing. I, I think we're, I feel like we're going to set the record straight with this one a little bit today. Oh yes, Ooh, rubs yeah. hands. Here we go. Here we go. It's MP9 Rodimus Convoy, of course, released Yay. in January 2011. Uh, what an event that was! Actually, released twice in the same year. It was a toy so good that they released the two versions of the thing, uh, a slight a slight re-release uh, yeah. in the same year, uh, a version two. Because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's they why. They got it so right. Because they really <laughs> nailed it favorite. the first time. Uh, the release was such good quality. Everyone needed a second one, didn't they? Because yeah. they wrecked the first one. It's unfortunate. So I'm going to say it. Let's just get it right out of the way. I'm going to say yeah. this. I think if MP9 had been released first time with not only no QC errors, like no problems, no damages, no breakages, any of that, if it had just been released and it was solid as anything, I think it would be a legendary release today. I honestly yep. do believe it would have had a great reputation. And I think the the defining thing that people remember about that toy is the QC errors. Uh, yeah, to the point where now that there is a third version of it out, yeah. which reputably removes those QC issues, it has not affected its bad reputation, yeah. unfortunately. I know. It, it won't go away, ever. But no. but it's, it's I don't know, I, I have a, a real sadness about it, actually, because it's such a great design, like an incredible yeah. design, the toy, everything, and, and all four modes look incredible as well. Yes. Um, and do what they set out to do so well. Such an ambitious toy, and it mm-hmm. fluffed it on the landing just because of right. QC problems. And it, I, I find it real sad that people write it off as... You see people saying, oh, it's a bad design. And I'm always like, oh, it's not though. <laughs> like, it's no. really not. And something that gets lost in all of the discussion is actually what a terrific transformation it has. Yes. It is a brilliant... Spectacular. Yes, spectacular, fabulous, to the point where I could be transforming it and a bit would break and I'd be like... I don't care. Yeah. I'll get another one. Same. I, I cannot be without it. And I remember that it was years until I finally had the guts to spend the money on one. And even then, I was just basically given uh, the Hasbro version, which wasn't in the colors I wanted yeah. either. But even that left such an impression on me. Just to let's I'll tell you what, why don't we run through all the QC problems so that by the end of that list, when we're still saying it's one of the best toys ever, People can sort of 
understand how good it must be that despite all of those problems, you'd still be willing to buy it, you'd still be willing to have it and sure. and mess with it. Well, there was there was uh, I mean the the one that really did bother me a bit, I must admit, was the um, the spoiler rubbing on the inside of the trailer, oh, uh, and yeah. you had to sand yeah. the inside of the trailer. That's right. What nobody wants on any toy, let alone a near one hundred and fifty two hundred pound masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to, I mean, you literally had to like sand it to kind of create space for the the spoiler to fit in. Otherwise, you just rubbed all the paint off and everything. That was a right. nightmare. There was spent a lot of time on Boxing Day doing that. Yeah, oh, I got oh, it man. for Christmas. There's <laughs> a lot, lot of time drinking and sanding down this <laughs> tiny a, caravan. A few rums and <laughs> sandpaper. Yeah, masterpiece. <laughs> Not where you want to be. This is living, guys. Merry this Christmas. Yeah. Your nan's like, come back for for play charades or whatever, Liam. And you're like, I can't, Nana. We're going to sand it's this. It's just drunk, drunk me shouting up the fireplace. You could have done this for me, Santa Claus. <laughs> you lazy git. Sounds fantastic. Where's your elves? It's a holiday memory. Sack them. Yeah. There was um, then there were, were, the ankles. Yeah, I was going to say the ankles were terrible. There were there were just. I mean, the design yeah. again was fine. The design, if it had been solidly executed, all fine. But just the way they were put together, you had pins popping out, you had ankles not aligning properly. Uh, yeah, the pins on the the calves yeah. or the the outer legs, the, those casing rotated panels that kept falling off. That was really annoying. Yeah, the... to this day, mine have uh, misassembled. They're backwards. I've got the mm-hmm. the left foot is on the right foot. If that makes sense, yeah, the, yeah. the feet are the wrong way. Right. It's barely noticeable. Until you notice it, then it becomes really annoying. But it's not something that affects it at all. Tolerances were a problem as well. Yeah. Just uh, getting those hands tucked in properly in karma so that the four yeah. wheels would actually sit flush on yes. the surface. Yeah. Then you had the the chest that would break. Yeah. Sometimes the that chest. That wouldn't yeah. backpack. The backpack. Yes, didn't, yeah, yeah, on yeah. that version. You had, to, you had to version. sand it again on the inside, the first version, mm-hmm. on the inside of the little kind of nubs on the, the backpack. The clip, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, so that you could get it to clip in properly, otherwise it wouldn't stay. Um, Canopy breaking. Yep. Yeah, believe that it's was the, the thing. knees as well. The yeah, the knees. exploding knees on MP9B. Actually, all have, the versions I have had uh, broken knees of like, a, except the Takara one. Takara I think that's, proper colors. Is that not the, the most thing. prominent, like, real major issue with it? Is the knees, isn't it? That's like the one I've seen the most because I've got. I had to buy like a replacement set of titanium yeah, knees. Yeah. Mine never broke. I just bought them as in case. The knees. I had is, so many spare Rodimus parts yeah. lying around. The, the knees is a, is particularly a thing on nine B on the black version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a real. The the only version of mine that has had has had a problem with the knees is nine B, and it has a set of replacement knees. Uh, I had it on Hasbro as well. Oh yeah, on the Hasbro one. Yep, yeah. mm. the Hasbro one was really bad for it. Yeah, it really renowned. The snapping it. ankles on the Hasbro one, the feet just falling off. I mean, I remember like. Morg opened the box and the foot fell out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a previously untouched toy. The thing is broken in the box. And, and the Hasbro one, they did that weird thing with the elbows as well, uh, where where they they tried to quote unquote fix the elbows, I think, but then actually just made it if not so much worse, but just different. No, worse, I would say actually, because it had that weird flap uh, on the inside oh, of the yeah. elbow. That when you move That's the right. elbow, the flap kind of stuck out or whatever. It was a really weird bit of design, oh, and it just couldn't hold its guns, could it? Yeah. No. It was so rubbish at holding its guns. But, it, but what a piece of crap over, they, toy! Of Honestly, what a hunk of crap! But <laughs> also the best. <laughs> and and I do think it's it's a bit cathartic listing all of that, and I'm sure someone yeah. could listen to that and think, how can this toy be any good? And I and I guess that's where people got to with it was that they decided it wasn't any good. I think it's a shame the Hasbro version didn't nail the QC. I feel like if the mm. Hasbro version had come out, uh, even though it's different colours, no trailer, all of that, 
I feel like if it did have Firebolt, it did have Firebolt, which which, which actually was tremendous. And that's yeah. um, that's interestingly, the Firebolt is a little Hisui design. Uh, believe yes, it or you not, you dropped that little you dropped that little nugget a few episodes ago. Oh, did I? There you go. It's one. Of, it's one of my little facts. I just wheel out at dinner parties and things. This is like throwback, <laughs> throwback Thursday. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just impress people with that every so that's often. A, that's a really good point about the Hasbro version not nailing the QC because can you imagine how many more people that would have reached? Well, that's what I was going to say. A good impression on. Yeah, because I, I feel like if if that had nailed it, it would have been in most people's hands or a lot of people's hands, and maybe the whole thing would have a better reputation. At least then people would be able to appreciate Takara, uh, the Takara version, and say. Well, you know, the design is great because we know that from Hasbro, but they they fluffed it on the QC. But people just write it off, and it's such a shame. But I, yes, Maz, I agree with you that despite all of these many, many, many issues, which are horrendous, it's still a fantastic toy. And I yeah. personally am willing to forgive all of it. I, I was too. I owned multiple versions of it. And when I finally got the V1, I think, Takara version, because there was a whole thing about, did you get a V1 or did you get a V2? Because yeah. V1's got this bunch of problems and V2 has got this whole new bunch of problems yeah. that were an attempt to fix the V1. And I got a V1 and uh, I had no problems. Right. And it was just for this crystal moment, I had the perfect MP9. It wouldn't always transform flush to the point where I, it would sit on all four wheels properly in car mode. But when it did, that one or two times I got it right... It was just like, this is the best looking toy I've ever owned. The hot rod car mode has not been surpassed. That hot rod face sculpt not been surpassed. Just that overall look of him and the way he could do the run. You know, that yeah. run at the end of Transformers, the movie, when he's turned into Rodimus Prime. It's just like... The run. Everything, yeah, the run. All I've ever wanted out of a Transformer was the best hot rod they could have made. And it really is that. Mm. Without the QC, it is that. It's a, it's a phenomenal... Hot Rod toy. I mean, I tend to think of it as Rodimus now uh, more than anything. I, I guess because of the scale of it, you know, so that it, the mm. fact that it scales with MP10 and everything that came after that as Rodimus. That's how I think of it. But it's still a, an incredible Hot Rod depiction uh, and, and surprisingly screen accurate as well. It does a, a yeah. brilliant job at bringing Hot Rod to life. It's the best looking Hot Rod toy I've ever owned. I love Studio Series 86. I love G1 Hot Rod, but MP9 in hot rod mode was just spellbinding and it scaled so well with the make toys headmasters and target masters that they did a mere three of and that for me was like yeah. the most exciting thing that was happening and then of course it just never nothing ever happened in that direction and i got out a masterpiece but i do still have my special one-of-a-kind mp9 frost rod that you guys gifted me and that is just a, a keeper I've forgotten about old frost rod. Yeah, that was a really nice uh, birthday present. That was a cool thing. It was a leaving uh, present, custom. actually. It was a leaving present, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was so a it was a going to Iceland present. Yeah, and I just, I love this toy so much. It's such a pinnacle. Like, what, look at everything they achieved. The toy is a beautiful hot rod in robot mode and car mode, and then it becomes a beautiful Rodimus Prime in car mode. And I mean, it's the best looking Rodimus Prime vehicle mode we've ever had as well. To the uh, point where it's like, try to tell me that doesn't look good. It's wonderful. Spectacular. It's my favorite mode for the entire oh, time. Yeah. I can totally yeah. understand it being um, displayed that way. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky process getting it into that mode. Yeah. Because yeah, you've got to transform it. You've got to get it into the kind of weird half car. You've then got to slot it into the trailer, get the trailer all flush. But when you do it, 
wow, it's breathtaking. I it love... goes in backwards. I, it goes, I, I know. That's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's just like so you never fun. would imagine that that's the way it clips it, into that trailer. It's so fun. That is one toy, and I would say this a very, very, very few Transformers toy toys. That is one that I can honestly say I would consider owning twice to have it one in each mode. Yeah. To have it in robot mode and the Rodimus vehicle. It's that good. And and it evokes for me so many memories of that character in that distinctive space Winnebago mode. Mm. But it's it for me it's just the brilliant recreation uh, recreation of it. And uh it, it people often talk about oh will they do another masterpiece Rodimus one day? honestly think it's been done you know i think it's it's the right scale it's a great toy it looks fantastic it's cartoon accurate it fits the the kind of modern masterpiece aesthetic and all of that why would you want another one personally other than the qc it's the qc isn't it it's just and um there was a second reissue of it v3 not very long ago and I feel like someone needs to someone with authority like yourself who has owned it and all the other versions Tell us just straight up: Are there any QC problems with it? No, it's perfect. Then, well, yes and no. So there is one thing about it I don't like. There's 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 two major differences with the version three, the latest reissue to the previous toys that were both released in uh, what was it, 2011, 2011, uh, and that is number one. Uh, well, I'll tell you the, the thing I don't mind first, and then I'll tell you the thing I do mind. Number one, it changes the color of his butt flaps for some unknown reason. Don't know why. They're now orange instead of the kind of burgundy color. Uh, so whereas you get the, the burgundy hip flaps on the front, the back or kind of rear hip flaps on his bottom are now orange. And it was just a really weird aesthetic change. I've no idea why they made that, but that didn't bother me at all. It still looks really, really good. Um, but it's a it's a clear way to see that you've got the version three. Uh, the then the other thing they changed, which I do not like, is they incorporated the Hasbro molding of the elbows. This right. is the version I have, the version three, right? Because it has those horrible elbows. Yeah, and that is a killer for me because and and had it not had that, I probably would have kept the version three, uh, honestly. But I just couldn't get on with those elbows. I just really don't like that redesign that they did on it. I think the original elbows on version one and two of the Takara release are fine um, and really, really, really nicely designed. So the fact that they kind of redid it and made it weirdly a lot less good is just a bit of a killer for me. Um, so I don't know, Liam, what do you think on those elbows? Uh, I don't like them at all. I, mm. I find them really fiddly. They add like an extra layer of just annoyance. Uh, yeah. Every time you move the arms, it's just a nuisance. I, don't, I can't fathom what they were thinking. Because it's, it's the original elbows were fine. There was nothing where I looked at them and thought that this needs to be redone. And it's just, I, I genuinely can't fathom it. It's one of those few design uh, design decision that it is probably WTF. <laughs> yeah, but it should have been, and it should have been um, a major moment to finally get that toy with no QC issues. It's like the dream, like all fans of Hot Rod and Masterpiece would surely have had. I remember waiting so long until finally I found someone. Paul Hitchens, as it happens, was his own version of MP9 V1. He said, there's no QC issues on mine. And I thought, I've hit the jackpot here. I've got someone who has actually opened the toy, transformed it, and it's perfect. That's the one I want. And I I got it and it didn't have QC issues, but I was always worried about using it too often. So now that there's a version out there, so what? There's no rubbing on the trailer with the the wing? No, the, the, the trailer goes in and out absolutely fine. 
and there's no tolerance issues with the hands and getting it into car mode and like bending the legs up and all the rest of it. That's why it's confusing then because mine's that one, but um, I had to sand the trailer down to get it in. Oh, really? And, on yeah, the version and three? The, yeah, and the backpack does pops off all of the time. Oh, That's wow. funny because on, on MP9B, the backpack is perfect. Yeah. Okay, it breaks, <laughs> but it, well, it clips I in. I also got one with the misassembled feet as well. So, And it's definitely know. the version 3 with the orange butt flaps. Uh, actually, I'm not sure. It's definitely got the different elbows. And okay, it, 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 definitely it is then. The most it recent, is. It's the most recent one. Yeah, it definitely is then. How weird then. So obviously, I'm sitting here saying yeah. it's absolutely fine. But presumably, then there's QC errors with that as well. Yeah. So maybe I've, that's. I've, not had, I've had it a few years, but not as long as it's been out. So no, it's, it's been sure. out a good few years. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So uh, I can't remember exactly when it was. Can you but... go and check it for the butt flaps? Uh, if, if it's got the elbows, it definitely is. Oh, but there were more than one version with the elbows, surely? No, not in the Takara one. No, the, the first two versions had the. But also, there were bootlegs. Between that Takara third version coming out, there were bootlegs of this toy. And they were being sold on eBay, I remember, as knockoffs. Oh, man, I need to know that there's a perfect version of this toy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you after um, my, my conclusion, after we've got the, the answer about Liam's butt flaps. Here we go. Is it orange or is it burgundy? The butt flaps are red. Ah! But it has got the terrible elbows. I was sure one of the Takara versions had the terrible elbows. I'm sure of it. This is weird now. Yeah, but the butt flaps are definitely red. So maybe, is it version 2? Well, I was just saying um, off mic that there is a bootleg version as well. I don't have any idea what parts and combination of moulding that uses, but I remember there was like a KO being put out just before like that reissue was hit the market. But okay, that restores my faith that there is a perfect version out there. Well, so I do have a perfect version myself. Did you have to cobble it together from different nope. variants of it? I have owned all three versions of this toy. Uh, version 1, version 2, and version 3, the reissue. And all three of them, and I know this because you can the only way to know between version 1 and 2, uh, version 3 is more obvious because the actual front design of the box is a little bit different. It's, oh, it's the, the number life. that's stamped on the box, isn't it? For version 2, yeah. So um, version uh, 3 has the Long Life Design logo on the mm-hmm. front, so it's obvious. Um, version 2 and 1, uh, it's the, yeah, the numbering on the bottom is the only thing that's different. Mm-hmm. I, I had it written down for ages because for ages I was looking for a version 2. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, okay, I, I, I had the version 1, done the sanding, all of that. And I was like, I need a version 2 in my life just to see what it's like. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of compare or whatever. This was pre the reissue being done, by the way. And uh, and I tracked one down and it was sealed, but it had the right numbering and everything. And I still have that one today. And that is the one of the three that I've opted to keep because it is perfect. Great. Great to know that there are perfect ones out there. But I think it's a fluke. Honestly, I think it's a fluke. I think that um, because I've also heard people saying that their version one was was maybe not perfect, but you know, not as afflicted as some. That's what I had. Um, yeah, I had a really good V one. So there you go. Um, so I think that maybe it just depends. Maybe all three versions, you can get a duff one, or you mm. can get a great one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe well, it's just a bit of a well, lottery. We've just confirmed that Liam's is not a version three, haven't we? I don't know what Liam's is then. I'm, I'm a bit per, per, mystery yeah. version. My girlfriend bought me for Christmas a few quite a few years ago. Uh, interesting one. I don't know because the reissue definitely has 
Um, I've got a picture of it still. I've sold it on since, but I've still got a picture of my reissue that I had, the version three, and it's definitely got the orange butt flaps. In all honesty, I think um, if I was to own it again, I'd go for the version three, just because I'd want to know that I could transform it as many times as I wanted to, and I wouldn't damage it. It was solid, the one that I had. And as I say, went into the trailer fine, backpack clip fine, all of those issues fine. It still, um, it did have, actually, I will say, it didn't, um, the feet you know, because they're on uh, not like ratchets as such, but like really kind of soft ratchets. And they've got mm. that positioning thing, you know, where it kind of clunks yes. from one one bit to the next. So, uh, and they're quite wide clunks. For yeah, one that's one term. criticism I would have had, that if they were closer ratchets, or just yeah. closer intervals between those steps. You know? the, the, yes, the intervals. You're explaining it much better than me. The intervals are, are too wide. Um, but actually, that's one thing I would say, even on the version 3, I found it was a struggle to get him very flat-footed at times. Right. It was almost yeah. like the, the 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 intervals weren't quite aligned quite properly. So that was a slight criticism I had. I never really saw that as a QC error, more as a kind of a, it just is what it is, do you know what I mean? Mm. But uh, but yeah, certainly the version 2, I still have it in the old collection, pride of place, beautiful, love it, no issues. No, I'd still see it as absolute peak masterpiece. It is 100%. everything you would ever want from a hot rod toy or a Rodimus toy. It is that dream of having a G1 hot rod that you play with the Matrix and then it becomes G1 Rodimus Prime, but it's all of that in one release. It's the ultimate yeah. realization of the idea. Yes, isn't it? absolutely. And what a everything. character to do that to. Yeah. You know, yeah, just... I've seen I've seen people since saying, Why did they bother making it hot rod? Why not just make it Rodimus Prime? I'm like, well, yeah, I get that. And, and probably they would now if they were to do it now. But equally, you know, it's kind of blowing the ambition of that toy a little bit as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To sort of say that because it just, like you said, Maz, it was a kind of real all-in-one. You know, if you're a Hot Rod fan or you love that 1986 movie, it could do all of that. Uh, and it did it really well. I, yeah. the, only th- the only thing I would say is I was never quite convinced by the height differential between the, the Hot Rod and the right. Rodimus mode. I mean, obviously, he grows a lot in the cartoon, whereas all you do is literally just kind of fold the hips down a little bit mm-hmm. um, in in on the toy. But still, yeah, I think fun. you can raise the the wing a little higher up the back, can't you? Yeah, and like, by giving him a longer face, it's sort of you know, yeah, the thing feels longer. The the, the, the spoiler yes. raises approximately two millimeters, I think. But yes, it, it's, it can be done. Well, be Tesco done. said it best: every little helps. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, I mean, it's still the ambition of that toy is incredible. Just a yeah. shame that the execution, you know, let it down. But um, I, I still rate it. I, for me, it's it's top tier masterpiece. Yeah, and agreed. Nothing will ever change my mind on that. No, I, I'm totally with you until they do an absolutely perfect version with a new design. I'm with you know what are they going to do? It's just it's so brilliant as it is. And then there are so many toys where you you say to yourself, it does A, B, and C brilliantly. Yeah, it does D. And that's great, but it's a bit, you know, half cooked. I didn't find that with MP9. It's just four modes, four brilliant modes, four modes that you could display in happily as that thing it's meant to be. And it works on a masterpiece shelf. And that is some elite club to get into if you work on a masterpiece shelf with people's expectations today. It's such yeah. an achievement as well, isn't it? Like that's that's what's so good about it. Like the engineering is just incredible and yeah, it just feels like an achievement. Yeah. Everything that's just been done to hands were crap. Yeah, the hands the hands were a bit rubbish. Yeah, not right. gonna lie. But I do. I have a real, as I say, I find it really a bit so disappointing now when you you do see people write it off, but so, write it off so 
kind of violently almost as well. You know, you see people uh, going, oh, God, you know, we need a, a new Rodimus because of that trash MP9, you know, throw it in the bin and all of this terrible design. And people get really like emotive about it. And I guess I can understand it from the perspective of you probably paid a lot of money for something that wasn't very well made. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But that's not to say that probably the design Probably did end up in good. the bin, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not to say that the design was not good. And I think mm. you have to separate the two and appreciate that actually it was a great design let down by poor, yeah. poor um, QC. And even if you don't like something, it doesn't make it trash. Yeah. Yes, that's true. One yeah. man's trash. <laughs> that transformation, that the, all the steps involved in transforming. I loved transforming the front of the car, the pull out the chest, twist it round and... Oh, it was just so many cool, classy steps in the transformation. I really loved it. I loved the way that the shoulders could move up and down. Yeah. So you could position them slightly higher up, you know, with the kind of vents and everything at the top of the shoulders, mm. higher, kind of peaked, and or then slightly lower down. And I found that it gave, uh, particularly Rodimus, actually, the Rodimus mode, a lot of character, you know, mm. because of um, some of Rodimus's storylines in season three, um, I think are really, really nice, you know, stuff like Burden Hardest to Bear and things like that. There's some really kind of classic Rodimus episodes where he really goes through, you know, some stuff. And uh, I think in terms of G1 anyway, the cartoon, it's it, he's about as fleshed out and developed as any of those characters get, really. And uh, I think that has helped me to love that toy a lot as well, don't get me wrong. But I, I just love the kind of emotive feel that you can get from it. You know, you can get a real kind of sad Rodimus <laughs> kind of vibe yeah. from that toy you can put the weight on his shoulders yeah exactly exactly you can kind and of, if yeah, you look at really what we'd had for rodimus prime g1 beforehand i mean this was by far the very best rodimus we'd had ever of rodimus prime you know to turn into the space winnebago we'd had a lot of really cool hot rods by this point we would have had animated hot rod which was wonderful we had classics hot rod g1 hot rod but rodimus prime with I mean, its vehicle mode has never been surpassed and you talk about new Rodimus Primes. Kingdom Rodimus Prime does a lot of things that Masterpiece doesn't. But also, it only has to... And it's got a hot rod mode. But somehow, in my eyes, they still really missed the mark with the vehicle mode for Rodimus Prime. Just like they did with Power of the Primes, in my opinion. But that MP9 totally nailed it. And no one can tell me that the nose on MP9 sticks out as far as it does on Kingdom Rodimus Prime in vehicle mode. Yeah, the, Kingdom, the, the Kingdom toy yeah. for me, I think, um, looks really fun. I do think it looks right. I, I like the uh, opening. Uh, yeah, the, the there's a lot of play the value there. Way more that's, than you get with MP. And that's the back pretty door, cool. Pretty. Mm. Yeah, that's really really cool. That's really really cool. But still, for me. Uh, yeah, MP9 unsurpassed. Just the look of it, I just think is incredible. And then you had MP9B, which was how about that for a sexy repaint? Yeah, what a color scheme on that! Came toy. out, came out of nowhere as well, like just a total left field, you know, original design. Uh, as far as I'm aware, anyway, not based on anything. I think that was the the first the first thing, wasn't it? The the whole teal and purple and all of that. Oh, um, beautiful! Such a shame about the knees being the reason why you just can't have that toy, but you can have it. And I did had two, just so I could have it in both modes and not have to transform the wretched thing because yeah. you knew it would break. 
You can, as it well, as you've already said, you can get the titanium knees, yeah. the replacement knees. I actually don't have the titanium knees on mine. I got some replacement teal knees, which I was mm-hmm. super happy about. Um, there was, a, they, I remember someone asking about them, like, oh, how have you got the teal knees? Because I had it, um, a picture of it kneeling, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or transformed or something. I can't remember. And someone replied, like, what? Do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. have you done that? And the knees have not exploded. Uh, and I was like, because they were the teal ones as well. They could see that they they were like, if you painted the um, the uh, tiny, t- titanium ones? And I was like, no. I, but there was an eBay seller at one stage that was selling the teal reproductions. Uh, and I was lucky to get some of those. Um, and, and I love my MP9B. Perfect. Mm. Love it. Absolutely. So beautiful. Great. Lovely, great lovely visor color. Beautiful blue wing as well. Just absolutely stunning. Those, those are toys. My version 2 Rodimus and my MP9B. I, I can't imagine I'll ever want to part ways with. So, well, the other thing just to mention on MP9 Rodimus uh, before we wrap up is that it was actually, in some ways, the first sort of the new uh, kind of reboot, wasn't it? Because I think a lot of people credit this to MP10 Convoy. Uh, you know, because that was the the kind of poster child, if you will, of the new MP era. But actually, uh, the funny thing with that is that it was designed to fit around MP9. So you could argue, I think, that, and we're including MP9 in the kind of old guard, you know, golden years here for this discussion. But in some ways, it it, it is designed to fit with the new MP toys as well. You know, all the Hasui toys and that era, uh, which I just find really fascinating because people kind of forget about it a bit. Someone mentioned the handshake. Well, the, there was the handshake. <laughs> <laughs> no, the handshake is a very literal, like, crossing of the guard, isn't it? It's handing yeah. it over yeah, there was the, the old, uh, old generation. Yeah, the old handshake picture of uh, of Optimus and Rodimus, wasn't there? Yeah. Because uh, whilst, like you're saying, Rodimus does feel like, you know, every time was built around him, so he does feel like part of the new generation. He's still also feels like the old one at the same time, doesn't he? It's a real like That's how I think most yeah. people would qualify him as the old masterpiece. Because like you say, most people do just go from MP10. Yeah. But that handshake was such a, it's a very literal passing the torch. It really was. Yeah, it's very, very funny. So, uh, but yeah, end of an era in many ways, but uh, beginning of a new one, I guess. It was really nice to discover MP9 years after all of the disappointment and the vitriol about it. Because I felt like I went into it with the expectations that this is just going to be a shocker. And it was uh, an absolute revelation. Mm. And it left an effect that I still feel, you know, years later about how good that toy is. And I, and I, I hear the criticism and it's completely justified. You pay that much for a toy and it breaks on you immediately. That's going to leave a sour taste forever. And why would you take another chance on it? And then people did and bought a V2 and that broke too. So yeah. can completely understand the negative feelings, but... If you know, if you've ever been curious about MP9, just go for it, man. It won't let you down, especially not with a V3, I guess. The price was pretty high as well, wasn't it? It yeah. was one of the first ones where the price really it's seemed expensive. to shoot up, and it it did seem like a barrier for a lot of people. Yeah. It did, and I think as well that worked against it in that it automatically put quite a few people's noses out of joint, almost in that sort of sense. And, and then it just got worse on the secondhand market as well, because having one that wasn't yeah. broken was, yeah. you know, a rarity. I'd actually, I think anybody curious about Rodimus today, and there are people, I mean, I I post pictures now of it in lineups with other Masterpiece toys, more modern Masterpiece toys, and a lot of people will comment and say, whoa, what's that Rodimus? Because it's almost like been forgotten about. 
Um, but I, I would say anybody curious about it today, if they wanted to pick it up, maybe just find an open one, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. actually, I think the um, the first version that I had, that I had fixed, quote unquote, um, the guy that bought it, I remember said to me, I know I wanted a fixed one. I wanted one that I knew someone had done it, you know, too, and uh, that it was all, you know, I didn't have to worry about that stuff. So, you know, either find someone that one that someone has fixed or just find one that someone says this is perfect and maybe jobs are good. It is amazing to me with these two in particular, Grimlock and Rodimus, how if, like now, if Takara go back and redo them, as they probably will at some point, I wouldn't say they'd be better. I can't see how they would be better. I can just imagine they'll just be different because mm. those two in particular do everything so perfectly, other than the QC on Rodimus, obviously. But they just they realize exactly what they're going for perfectly. And so any other attempt will just be a different spin on it rather than being something like an improvement or better. It would just be different. I think it's like you said, Sixo, if there had been no problems with the QC of Rodimus, it would still be considered the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. All we need is a little energon and a lot of luck. Well, that's probably enough time talking about old masterpiece toys, isn't it? And I think uh, I think we've pretty much concluded which was top and which was not. Uh, I think there wasn't too much debate coming out of that as to which toys we liked and which we didn't, uh, fair to say. Uh, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed reminiscing about some of those. I really feel like uh, getting old Rodimus out for another little play. Then about you guys? Yeah. I, I literally have him on my desk now. Oh, yeah, of course, you've been checking his butt flaps, haven't you? I up that butt cheeks, you know. See how firm they are. Yeah, okay. Get some well, rosy butt cheeks. You've got uh, you've got an, an evening ahead of you then, haven't you? So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's certainly been a lot of fun. Uh, I was going to say as well that we have a new thing going on, which is very exciting in Triple Takeover World. We have launched a Patreon. Is it Patreon or Patreon? How do you say it these days? I think it's I'm Patreon never... for patrons. Yeah. Patreon, yeah, Patreon. Should we go with that? They definitely right. refer to patrons repeatedly that's true yes we'll go with patreon so we have launched a patreon uh, which is patreon but if we're patreon we can have patrons like megatrons but patrons but but does that not mean we then have to be patriotic patrons so we have launched a patreon (laughs) uh, which is patreon So we have launched a Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash triple takeover, all one word. Very exciting. And there's tons of great content on there. So please do check it out. Uh, You can get all kinds of stuff like little deleted clips. Uh, You can get uh, early access to episodes, which is really exciting. You get personalized thank yous. Uh, You get to vote on future episode topics. Uh, You get little outtakes and things as well. And we will be doing, for some of the the top tiers, tiers, we will be doing some bonus mini-sodes and other extra additional content, which is uh, really quite something. And you will find that there is going to be a bonus mini-sode on Masterpiece as well, because we have a very particular topic. Uh, which I shall leave as a little hint for now, but uh, we will be discussing uh, a little bit of extra content around early masterpiece on Patreon. So do check that out if indeed it takes you fancy. Uh, and Maz, I think you've got a few fan- thank yous to do this time. Uh, just the one extra thank you this time. Another five-star Apple review from The Tron. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave such positive feedback. It's greatly appreciated, and we do try to acknowledge every single one that gets left for us. So thank you. 
Thank we you, have, Mr. Tron. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Tron. We have had some amazing feedback actually about uh, some of the the recent episodes. The the recent kind of uh, wave of feedback we've had. I've just been blown over actually by some of the comments and things. It's been incredible. It's almost like people were surprised that they could listen to nearly four hours of talk on cardboard and enjoy it. Yeah, that was a surprise even to me, actually. I've got to be honest, but <laughs> there you go. So you can also find us on social. We're on Facebook, which is forward slash triple takeover, uh, and on Instagram and Twitter as well, which is triple underscore takeover, just to make it a little bit confusing. Uh, but you can find each of us as well. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of that, at 6OTF. How about you guys? Yep, all the same things, except for YouTube. I am at Toybox Hitbox. And Maz? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as at TFSquare1. Wonderful stuff. That is the end for today. So we are Triple Takeover. Thank you very much for listening. It's been absolutely masterful. Autobots, transform and roll out.